If you can keep up and you don't mind dying, come along. You're listening to Malkin Benji's Double Bill. Find us at malkinbenji.blogspot.com. Hello and welcome to Malk and Benji's Double Bill. I'm Malk. And I'm Benji. And uh, today we're going to be talking about two, uh, I suppose remarkable is a fair word to say, releases <laughs> from the summer of 2009. Uh, but before we do, oh yes, um, so we we're bet. just going to do a very quick um, acknowledgement to uh, <laughs> some of our listeners out there. Um, last week we were meant to be recording uh, this episode and we couldn't because of the uh, historic snowfall which befell um, our Sort of Historic, lo- that's what I should have said a minute ago. Absolutely. But, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we had to release, a, well, we, we didn't release a podcast. I, I just recorded a brief um, sort of uh, placeholder, so to speak. Uh, and Malcolm and I discussed over the phone before I recorded the top five snow movies uh, to be apt. So I'm sharing the blame for this one. Uh, yeah, well, it, yeah. yeah it's, it's both of our fault. Yeah. Um, and uh, we tragically and unforgivably left out um some absolute classics of uh, of cinema which are you know m- massive snow movies um the first of which uh, is the shining stanley kubrick's the yeah. shining absolutely stunning horror film and snow really is one of the main plot points the fact that they're exactly. isolated which leads to the madness that drives the film along so apologies to stanley kubrick's estate uh, and for all fans of the shining out there uh, secondly the coen brothers masterpiece fargo which takes place in minnesota in a town called fargo which is absolutely covered in snow the whole way through yeah. uh, maybe snow isn't quite so integral to the plot but it certainly is integral to the setting um in fact, I think some of the bodies are disposed of through a wood chipper, which is, you know, very much to do with lumber snow and snow and, yeah, and Christmas absolutely. trees and whatnot. So apologies to the Coen brothers and to all Fargo fans out there. Uh, and finally, um, the uh, recent classic Inception by Christopher Nolan, uh, of which one of the dream levels, if you've seen the film, uh, takes place in a big sort of military snow fortress. Yep. So uh, snow, again, not integral to the plot, but uh, integral to the setting, at least of a part of it. Um, so apologies to Chris Nolan and uh, and all fans of Inception. I can't believe we've done a top five of anything and Ice Age is in it and Inception isn't. I know, <laughs> I, I know. It's, it's desperately pathetic, isn't it? Um, we consider ourselves I'm, to be film fans the, and reasonably knowledgeable about film and the then this happened. The worst thing is I, I was the one that lobbied for Ice Age as well. I'm, I know. I, I'm feeling yeah. sick with myself. I mean, right I don't... I say oh, belongs fine. on the list of snow <laughs> films, just not instead of yeah. or yeah, <laughs> no, when not those three aren't there. The, yeah. the Shining. <laughs> you know, it's like, come on, yeah. seriously. Oscar winning Fargo, yeah. a sloth who, you know, falls <laughs> over. Anyway. Yeah, so we're very sorry. So apologies to all again. involved and uh, to all fans of those films, and indeed to fans of the podcast who might have had their. Uh, um, how many subscribers do you think we lost on that? <laughs> no. All of them. All of them. It's just us now. Wipe them out. <laughs> All of them. Okay. Okay. So I beg your pardon. You were saying back um, into the podcast. Yes. So yes, we're this week we're discussing two of the historic, although not necessarily <laughs> for good reasons, uh, releases from the summer of two thousand and nine. Um, the b- both based on uh, toys. Funnily enough, or revivals of eighties toy franchises. franchises yep. Uh, Stephen Summers' offering, uh, G.I. Joe, Rise of the Cobra, or The Rise of Cobra? or um, I don't think it matters. <laughs> <laughs> it 
in, in so it's, many ways. It's the, <laughs> it's the rise of Cobra. The rise of Cobra. Yes. And uh, Michael the rise Bay's... of the Cobra would suggest it was set in India and some fakir is learning how to... Yeah, but like it, a singular Cobra rather yeah. than... Uh, it just stays on the ground, Father. I cannot get it to rise. <laughs> keep trying, son. Probably keep trying. would have been a better film. <laughs> um, and uh, Michael Bay's explosion-tastic Megan Fox slow-mo-ness... Uh, that is Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, or the Revenge of Fallen, or <laughs> Fallen of the Revenge, <laughs> Fallen of the Revenge, of Revenge, revenge the Fallen. There, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, one of the uh, Revenge of the Box in Office. In <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, do we want to um, do we want to start with the synopsis? I suppose. Yeah. Let's yeah. crack on with our brand new feature, brand new to season two, the one minute synopsis. Yeah. Um, are we going to start with G.I. Joe or Transformers? No, let's start with G.I. Joe. I'll we'll start with G.I. Joe. Joe. So you're going to time me for G.I. Joe. All right, am I timing you? I thought we were timing we're ourselves. Time ourselves. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Since okay. you cheated last week, I don't I trust you I did not cheat. It was me. an honest mistake. You all know. Yeah. The listeners know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, are you ready? Okay, one minute synopsis. Go. So, um, there are some terrorists in the middle of Paris who are trying to sell weapons of mass destruction when Team America turn up to stop them. They pull out their guns and they start... Hang on. Hang on. Yeah. I'm getting confused, aren't I? Yeah, you are. Okay, right, sorry. Um, What we have is a Scottish arms dealer played by Doctor Who who is selling this absolutely ridiculous technology called you know, this nanotechnology turned into a weapon it's a terrible sci-fi conceit that was ridiculously used in the film but he's selling it um, to, uh, to, the, 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 uh, to NATO of all people, NATO want city destroying weapons um, and um, uh, they, he sells them and then they get uh, robbed back by people so G.I. Joe, a special army unit have to go and uh, get them back it turns out that the second in command of the bad guys is the lover of this soldier who becomes Duke, who's one of the soldiers of G.I. Joe um, who goes to Antarctica to Destro's base to try and get them back? Yeah. There's a ridiculously silly CGI fight, um, and it turns out that the second, the the, the, the helper of Destro is actually uh, a mad scientist who was Duke's friend, who's now called Cobra Commander. The end. Okay, that's nice. one minute and one second. So I'm slightly over. I do apologise. Um, I've missed out a great deal there, but I think I've got all the important points. I think you have. Yeah. Okay. I think that's fair enough. All right. Uh, I'll step up to the plate now. So uh, here we are. Um, coming up for go so um it turns out a long time ago the uh, um primes the original transformers in the transformers universe buried some mystical doohickey under the pyramids on earth uh, knowing that coincidentally millions of years later the macguffin from the first movie would land on earth by chance bringing the all what's more there um so Shia LaBeouf is involved somehow and goes a bit mental because he's picked up a shard of the thing from the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it leads a wild goose chase of uh, Autobots, Decepticons, soldiers and Shia to Egypt where they have a big old scrap under the pyramids um, ending with Optimus Prime returning from the dead and um, owning the Fallen who is uh, badass enough to merit you know, a subtitle all to himself <laughs> but really contributes, what, 30 seconds of a one-sided fight in the, in the in the final movie. Um, and the the Autobots and humans decide that oh we've we we have a shared history we should stop being mean to one another and we'll live in peace until the inevitable third movie where things go wrong. That was a one minute and point seven of a second. So you are point three of a second better than me this week. I've just spent more time on the plot for Transformers than the writers did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be defending this. You really are, aren't you? <laughs> but. Uh, Okay. You've got to see it sometimes, though. 
Absolutely. So yeah. we have two films here which are based on uh, toy franchises, which really tells you more about the films than any <laughs> reviewer or critic ever could. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, let's analyse the hell out of these bad boys. What do we like? What do we not like? Um, yeah. What do we wish they hadn't done? What do we wish they had done? Um, who deserves yeah. the George Lucas crown for destroying a franchise 20 <laughs> years after it was started? Um, that should be an actual <laughs> thing. <laughs> like like the reverse Oscars, you know, the Lucases. We can maybe way. do it at the, end of, uh, at the end of the first year of podcasting. We can yeah, have an awards can, ceremony for yeah, the, totally. the last 12 Biggest months. Biggest Lucas of the year. Yeah, <laughs> special George Lucas award for yeah. uh, destroying our childhoods. Okay, so um, neither of these films in my honest um semi-learned opinion semi-learned i.e i watch films that's really where my opinions all come from um none of these films are ever going to stand in the annals of classic cinema or even you know good cinema (laughs) even yeah um the box office on certainly on transformers was phenomenal which just depresses me (laughs) as the state of American youths these days, which is obviously where the majority of the money came from. Um, although it, it, it came, yeah. the, the, I think the sixth or seventh biggest grossing film in America that year, it actually was the fourth biggest grossing film worldwide. So My it's actually boy. the rest of the world that's made that such a big hit. Um, anyway, should, should we start with Transformers while we're talking about box office? Yeah, do you want, we'll go into Transformers first. And then yeah. Flip to the okay. Yeah. So, pr- pros and cons. Pros what and like, cons. What, we not like? yeah. uh, what I liked about the Transformers was uh, the film that came before it. Okay. <laughs> what, what I wish they hadn't done was make the sequel. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a, that's a blanket statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and talking of the film that came before it, which we'll maybe do in detail another time, but uh, it's not without its fair share of faults as well. It's infinitely superior to the sequel, but yeah. as we've alluded to, being superior to this film doesn't really no. <laughs> put you put you up there. Um, yeah, I'm a huge uh, fan of the Transformers, the franchise. Um, warts and all and the 80s series that we all remember from being kids I've got it all on DVD I've watched it all again as an adult the warts are there uh-huh. <laughs> but we still love it warts and all I've, right? I've watched significantly less than you but it does have a charm yeah. even though it is it's, based on toys it does yeah. have a charm as a TV series with its own mythology Yeah, it's, um, so obviously I went into both this film and its uh, predecessor with high hopes mm-hmm. um, and with a lot of childhood memories riding on it Um I um I've got to be honest I did get caught up when I saw this film I came out raving about it and then about 3 hours later I calmed down and went wait a minute what <laughs> um, be honest 3 hours yeah, three, it was a couple three, of three weeks, weeks wasn't it yeah. yeah I did actually see it 3 times in the cinema <laughs> um, It's your fault that it was the fourth before, biggest film yeah, of the year It's yeah it, it it beat Twilight by 3 tickets and they were all mine <laughs> <laughs> See that I'm willing to forgive you for Yeah <laughs> But um yeah so and I, th- I think, the what's rare for sort of a franchise film like these that come with a sort of rabid fanboy base, is that it it these films usually fall over from either not doing enough to please the rabid fanboys mm-hmm. or from doing too much to please the rabid fanboys. Mm-hmm. And this actually does neither. It's it's faithful enough in most areas to keep the fanboys happy. It doesn't go too far. It's. It's film fans that it manages to annoy. It's I, but yeah. all the mistakes in it. It's not like when we were arguing about Hulk a few weeks ago, and and uh-huh. it was, you know, I said that at least the Latirier one's faithful to the a few weeks. Ago. It was months ago. But, you won, know, yeah. yeah, you know, it, I, most of my argument was based on the love of the source material, and yeah. how the, the one film failed the source material, while the other one didn't. Uh-huh. And this isn't like that at all. This just fails as a film, whilst yes. actually. N- 
neither glorifying nor horribly massacring the okay. source material. You know, fair enough. Yeah. So as a, as a Transformers franchise entry, it's not yeah. terrible. It's just it's, as a film, well, it fails. I, yeah. Um, I, no, I think as a franchise entry, it is terrible, but only on the grounds of being a bad, a bad film, film. Okay. not not massacring the franchise. Okay. So, certainly, the the first one I think is is fine. Um, I'd say no more than fine as a film. Um, and as a franchise entry, I'd say it's actually very, very good. You know, we got to see Optimus okay. Prime in live action for the first time. It looked pretty badass and so on and so forth. But this one is... I mean, all the things that people complained about in the first one, mm-hmm. they said, let's do more of that. More Shia. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> you know, less cohesion. Yeah. Uh, more soldiers fighting the Decepticons instead of the Autobots. You know, uh, one of the things that kept me going was there was a Wikipedia entry on the first film, back when the first film was the only film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's talked about possible sequels, and it said that one of the producers had said to Peter Cullen, who voices Optimus Prime, that um, I promise you'll get more screen time in the second one. It's just because Optimus Prime's so expensive to animate, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and right enough, you know, we do get more screen time of Optimus in the second one, but it's it's just because we got we got more of everything. It's just a longer version of the poor parts of the first film. Yeah, uh, with the inversion, with the locations inverted. We start in the US of A and end um, in, uh, on the other side of the planet in Egypt. Okay, not quite the Middle East, but... Uh-huh. Um, well, it is. Well, yeah. It's in Jordan as well. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Um, whereas the first film, of course, starts in Qatar and ends yeah. in, in LA. Um, but, so yeah, that, that I got really excited thinking, okay, this one, this one's, you know, it's got its weaknesses, but I'm going to get more Optimus kicking ass in the second one, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I did, and it still didn't save it. Okay. Uh, I think Optimus Prime and his scenes are probably the highlight of this film. I would agree. Um yeah. but it's still not enough. Nope. You know, it's um I love that scene in the forest. The 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 fight with the, the three Decepticons mm-hmm. and Optimus Prime and he and he owns them. He he, he gets skewered obviously at the end. Uh-huh. But you know, he's dominating that fight. The first few minutes he's getting his ass kicked, then he he has that that awesome moment where he pops out the two swords, I'll take you all on. And he absolutely annihilates them. And I'm like, if it had been two hours of that, it would have been great. <laughs> you know. So what you're saying is you really enjoy Robot Wars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with Shia LaBeouf instead yeah. of Craig Charles. I, I think my, my problem with Revenge of the Fallen, um, and it's a problem that you get a little bit in the first one, but it's... Uh, magnified a hundredfold in the second one. Mm-hmm. If it had actually been about Transformers, mm-hmm. it would have been awesome. Yeah. Um, but th- they feel like they're cameoing in their own movie. Yeah. Um, I- I've often said, and I'll, I'll say again when we talk about G.I. Joe, I've all- always said Michael Bay should have made G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay loves soldiers. Mm-hmm. Steven Spielberg does aliens. Well, let's have Steven Spielberg do Transformers. And dangerous yeah. trucks as well, if yeah, you remember exactly. Jules. So. Yeah, Absolutely. So I'd have given Spielberg one franchise and B the other one. But actually, to be honest, Transformers Revenge of the Fallen is G.I. Joe with a crossover uh-huh. <laughs> appearance from Optimus yeah. Prime and Megatron. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just... He shouldn't make films. He should just make military propaganda, yeah, shouldn't yeah, he? Yeah, he should make military propaganda. He should be an, um, a second unit director he that could, gets left to do chase sequences he and, could be and the, fights. the know? in-house trailer maker to Guns and Ammo. He really just... <laughs> He, he's got a hard-on for yeah. it, hasn't he? A stonker for just it's, military action. No real care about character no. or plot or, you know, sort of mythology, background, narrative. Yeah. None of this stuff. No, no, just guns and explosions and yeah. big, burly guys it's, looking awesome. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. Weird. So, um, so yeah, pros. Um, this is summarize the last sort of ten minutes of mm-hmm. me ranting randomly. Pros, Optimus Prime. 
Yes. That's it. Okay. Um, I know a lot of fanboys kicked off when the first film came out that he looked different. He wasn't a flat-nosed truck. He was a, a Peterbilt. Then he didn't have the trailer and the, they didn't like the flames. To be honest, those things didn't really bother me. The, the, the key ingredients were there. He was a big red yeah. and blue lorry. He was voiced by Peter Cullen. He was bigger and stronger than all of the Autobots and mm-hmm. he, most of the Decepticons. And yes. He just, you know... It, it, it's something that appeals to the three-year-old in all of us. This big, primary-coloured, heroic figure that sort of uh-huh. appears in the horizon and saves the day. And I think they nailed that in both movies. You know, it's 30 just, seconds c- c- of screen time in the first I, one. I was but, just about to say, I yeah. think, you know, the mm. fanboys can kiss my ass because they do yeah. focus on details that aren't important, right? Yeah. And I, I am a Star Wars fanboy, and I focus <laughs> on Star Wars details that aren't important, like, you know, Tamura yeah. Morrison doing the voice of Boba Fett in the remastered Empire Strikes it's, Back. Doesn't, it's shouldn't wrong. happen. Shouldn't it shouldn't happen. have happened. It's wrong. But I was then thinking it bugged me a little bit that you saw Optimus Prime's lips because in the cartoon yeah, you never see his faceplate yeah. over his face, and I just thought yeah. that was his mouth. And then you suddenly see this faceplate disappear and his mouth yeah. there, and I thought, what's up with that? You know, yeah. it's a terrible tiny it's, detail, but it, it did seem do, to matter. Do, at do the you time. know what? Ironically, that was done to make him more emotive, so that audiences could relate to him. Oh, really? I relate <laughs> to him less. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to me, I'm just thinking, you know, if there's one criticism that can be laid in these two movies and, and Michael Bay's career in general, uh-huh. it's that he doesn't think about, you know, relating yeah, to characters. Absolutely, so, no. So why change a character yeah. to make it more emotive? Silly. Silly, yeah, no, I agree. I, it didn't really bug me the faceplate thing because the faceplate was there. Had they fully replaced it, uh-huh. and the, this is what does bug me about it, is he spends far more time without the faceplate than, than with. with it, yeah. So the, so the fact, making it that it's just a guard and he, he can remove it and speak mm-hmm. without it, that doesn't bother me, but the over reliance on that does because he's supposed to look like the other way. He's supposed yeah. to have that, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think Optimus Prime in both movies, and particularly in this one because he gets more to do, okay, um, is awesome. Um, I think there there beginneth and endeth my well, a slight extension of that I think most of the robot and robot action when it happens is pretty good. Far too much of it is obscured by shaky cam and we okay. can just see the robot from the waist down. Like but, the first film. Yeah, like like all of the first film. But there are moments in this one that um, primarily Optimus Prime in that in the f- fight, yeah, and uh, Bumblebee in the desert at the end when yes. he's fighting the Caterpillar tracked one and then Ravage. And, right. You know, that little moment of Bumblebee's to shine is really cool. And I'd like to add into that the, the wheel chase through, is it Hong Kong at the beginning? Yeah. That's oh, yeah, the, the, cool the, well. the Shanghai. Yeah. Shanghai, right. Yeah, the Shanghai sequence is pretty Yeah, awesome, that's cool. Yeah. Um, now, actually, conversely, I would argue, um, and I know we're not at my turn yet, but yeah, I, I think that there are moments where the robot-on-robot action is the problem. Okay. Um, they come under glaring faults for me, absolutely. Um, shall I get to them just now? Or? Yeah, go for it. It's... Okay, so we have this film that is subtitled um, The Revenge of the Fallen. Yeah. Okay, or Revenge of the Fallen. Or The Revenge of Fallen. Or, or st- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Transformers 2. <laughs> um, it's, oh, just a quick side note, the third film's going to be called Transformers Dark of the Moon. Are you kidding me? What does that even mean? I, I, I was not aware of this. Has this just been announced? Or? No, no, no. It's a few few weeks, months maybe even. How am I so far it's behind? Called, it's either called The Dark of the Moon or Dark of the Moon. No, it's, it's not called The Dark. It's Dark of the Moon. <laughs> so, Transformers uh, 3, Dark of Michael the Moon. Michael Bay said just if, if you get stoned and listen to some Pink Floyd before you but come you and see, see the movie, you might enjoy it. At least that was Dark Side <laughs> of the Moon. Yeah. What, what's, what's The Dark, dark of, of the, the moon, moon? The inside? Yeah. What, they've put yeah. a, a tarp up and it it's... Means that, Surely the MacGuffin in this movie will be buried under a, uh, or buried in a crater in the moon. It's a dark bit on the moon. Well, maybe gonna... it's the moon itself. The moon. They're going to turn the moon off. I That's don't... it. Unicron's going to turn up, <laughs> and then at the last minute, the moon's going to turn into something <laughs> else and kick him in the gonads. <laughs> okay, so anyway, <laughs> uh, you've got this film called Revenge of the Fallen. 
um, and all the pre-release material, all the hype, um, yeah. all the trailers and whatnot, which absolutely need to be, you know, taken yeah. on here. Oh, yeah. Uh, refer to the Fallen as the sort of the, the, the Transformer Satan, the founder of the Decepticons, yeah. the Decepticon symbols based on his face. He yeah. is this dark, evil, he's the emperor to Megatron's Darth Vader, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. The Fallen is this massive character. Yeah. He appears and he is killed within about 25 seconds. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely pathetic. Yeah. Um, you know, a, a film, especially a, a genre film, especially a, an action blockbuster like this, needs to have a strong climax. And to have your major villain, to have the guy that your previous villain bows to, yeah. killed in minutes. It's like if Luke Skywalker had arrived at Death Star 2, met the Emperor, and then just yeah. lopped his head off straight away. That's it. Yep. You spend three films building up to it, and that, then bump, done. That's the whole reason that Luke gets the conflict with the Emperor and Vader, and Han gets the Forest Moon of Endor. Because if Han had been in Death Star, he'd have walked in, shot him, and left. Absolutely. <laughs> and we'd have had this same so complaint. You've, you've got this um, sort of uh, this robot who's meant to be this massive, massive robot. This yeah. not not physically, but massive, you know, in yeah, terms of influence, in presence, terms of strength. Yeah. yeah. And he gets killed. He he. He looks like all the other Decepticons it, for a start. He doesn't look special enough, and he gets killed far too quickly. It takes Optimus Prime longer to saw off Starscream's arm halfway through the movie <laughs> than it does to, you know, <laughs> to kill the... Yeah, it doesn't yeah. make sense. And like you said, Megatron bows to him. You know, Megatron's afraid of the Fallen. Yeah. Now, the first movie, what little you could make out of the final fight yeah. uh, was Megatron owning Optimus. That was my big problem with the first one was yeah. my favourite character got his ass handed to Because the whole point of, of the bad guys in a film which is essentially based on a toy for kids where yeah. morality yeah. is very simple is that the, the good guy is stronger and the bad guy cheats. Yeah. So why is the good guy getting his ass handed to yeah, him in the exactly. first film anyway? And um, yeah so, so again yeah Megatron owns Optimus in number one then Optimus unbelievably <laughs> owns the Fallen yeah. in seconds and number and, two. And so how did Megatron ever beat him what, if, he's, if he's capable of defeating the Fallen that quickly? One of the things that happens yeah. just before that is he yeah. he, he, he um, sort of assimilates Jetfire. Jet yeah. How, how, does, how does that happen? Um, well, how, did, how did they evolve that? That yeah. That's... You go and read The Origin of Species by Charles Darwin <laughs> and tell me how the hell you right. evolve the ability to assimilate right. the wings of another creature. To... I'd be going out with ripping off seagulls wings all the time and flying if that was the case T- to be fair with my fanboy head on here uh, first of all darwin wasn't a cybertronian writer he's writing on earth it's a different no, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. no but no that that thing with assimilating jetfire obviously it's done to sell toys um to be fair to the script writers of uh, transformers 2 or the filmmakers of transformers mm-hmm. 2 the optimus and jetfire combining thing actually does go back to the 80s the, the toys did it then as oh, well. did they so it's simultaneously toy selling and um, mythology on okay honor. fair enough but um, obviously back in the 80s it was done just to sell toys yeah. so it's yeah. still okay. yeah um no that's see that's the kind of thing that wouldn't bother me if this movie behaved the way it meant to behave you know that the defense is ju- it's just a dumb movie yeah. it's based on kids toys you know that would be fine if the movie took itself that seriously all the way yeah, through. But, but they, because it's, it decides it's got moments where it wants us to the cake and, and eat Prime it. Yeah, and, absolutely. And it's just, well, no, if you want us to take it that seriously, we're going to start picking up on this stuff. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. So, um, you can either be an action drama yeah. or you can be a toy-selling franchise. You can't be both at yeah, the same time. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of my 
admittedly yeah, lesser gripes about the film, but it did yeah. matter at the time. It did bug me. And also you've got that great big one, Devastator or Destructoid or Devastator, whatever yeah. it's called, and he's made of like five yeah, or six different construction vehicles. And, and he, is, seconds, he yeah. is potentially a fantastic villain uh-huh. um, in the same way that Jaws is a good villain and the T-Rex is a good villain. It's, it's bigger than the hero, and you need to yeah. find a way to defeat it. It's not mm. about going and punching his head off in five seconds. You need to find a tactical way to defeat it yeah. that the audience can sort of get on board with. And yeah. what happens... John Turturro yeah. <laughs> goes beneath its balls yeah. and gets it shot with a rail cannon. Just do that with all of them if that's yeah, so easy. That's, if exactly. it's so easy that you can just say, get your walkie-talkie out and say, right, shoot at the rail cannon, yeah. bang. Oh, there's two it's, more. Shoot them two. Bang, bang. Fine, good, done. He's on over. the radio like, hello, is that the USS DSX Machina? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where the hell did that come yeah. from? You know? Point the plot contrivance gun at him and fire. <laughs> Yeah, it is. It's ridiculous. Absolutely it's, pathetic. It's like mid-movie retconning. It's just like, oh, yeah. de- Devastator's in the way. We can't get rid of him. Uh, let's it's, just... it's, it's like they get to a point in the script where they say, how do you get rid of Devastator? I don't know. Let's rewrite yeah. the beginning. No, I'm not going back to rewrite anything. Just shoot him. Right, okay, fine. <laughs> okay. Done. done. Yeah. It's, it's like they were writing with indelible ink on gold so leaf stupid. paper and, and they couldn't rewrite the yeah. earlier scenes. It's, oh, like, it annoys say, me. It could have been cool because we could have had, that would have been a moment to shine for all the non-Optimus Autobots or non-Optimus and Bumblebee yeah. Autobots. And the ones that were introduced, because that, that's another of the criticisms of this thing, is they introduce RC, but that's it. You know, she gets a, a line of dialogue, somebody calls her RC, uh-huh. and then she's background fodder for the rest of the she movie. She's going to get killed. Um, well, it's, it's, it's unclear, because they haven't told us. There's three motorcycles. Now, okay. are there one collective entity in three parts? Are they three sisters? Okay. Are they, what are they? At least one of them gets killed. Right. And another one gets pretty mangled, uh, we can see in the screen. Okay. So the, the one that's killed might have got up. You, you don't know. It's, yeah, it's yeah. very unclear. But th- and this is the problem with this movie. They introduce this character, then do nothing with it. And we still don't know, not only is it alive or dead, but is a third of it dead? Or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know... Because um, depending on wh- where you go, I think according to the toys, they're three separate characters. They're okay. marketed with three different names. But I think in the movie, certainly in one version of the script, they were supposed to be three motorcycles, but they were com- combined combine into, into one, one transformer. Robot. How does and, that and happen? I, I think, How I do think, you evolve that? Yeah, I think. Get out the origin of the species, the origin of the robots. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> no, valid point. But but more of a, I, mean, I mean, if we can accept that. Yeah, no, you know, I, I'm, they I'm can just transform, being we can accept yeah. that. But yeah, it's like. The, the filmmakers obviously don't know or care whether the character is one person or three or yeah. whether it lives or dies. So and how that, can they expect us yeah, to? They don't care whether the character is a character exactly. and yet they give Optimus a mouth to make the character more, more emotive. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's stupid. So, um, but uh, yeah, that, you could have had RC and who, who is the other one? Sideswipe, the one with the swords that cuts the Audi in half in, okay. in the Shanghai sequence. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Again, he get introduced one moment to shine. He get he gets a second bit of dialogue in the desert at the end, so good yeah. for him. Okay, know. yeah, yeah. <laughs> good agent, you see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, there could have been those two and the twins, who I'll talk about in a minute. Uh-huh. I, I can see the vein in Ben's head going. Oh, um, oh. And uh, you know, th- and they could have been climbing up. A devastator and pulling bits out and that could have been a whole little mini sequence in and of itself and they, instead they could have gone inside and we could have had a Wallace and Gromit-esque yeah. chase well, well, through the one, machine one of them gets eaten yeah and, you know I think that's cool it makes everyone go oh no I didn't want him to die that's and a whole level of the tying computer game right there exactly and instead he punches his way out of its face minutes later yeah it's ridiculous not minutes later seconds later yeah it's yeah. horrible 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 um, so yeah that stuff like that you're right absolutely so I, mm-hmm. I, I'll rephrase 
the robot on robot action swings from being one of the one pros <laughs> to one of the cons, depending on basically Optimus's fights, one of Bumblebee's fights, yeah. nope. um, and Sideswipe's moment and where he so, saws yeah. the guy in, height, okay. that, in half. That's cool. Everything else. And Shanghai. Like, yeah, well, that's during Shanghai. All oh, right, of course, yeah. 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 And uh, while you bring up the twins... Yes, let's do that. Um, the characterization <laughs> yeah. is just... It's it's if it was non-existent, it would be better. But it's actually it reduces the quality of characterization as a film concept by the way it tries to <laughs> characterize some of the people and the robots in yeah. that film. It's insulting to the audience. It's insulting to the actors. It's insulting to everything and anything that might possibly see or be connected in some six degrees of separation to anyone that's seen Transformers yeah. Two. It's absolute clown shoes. You've got Optimus Prime. Who I'm really, really sorry for this, Mark. He's dull. Okay. He isn't, shouldn't be dull. He wasn't dull in the cartoon, but he's dull. You've got Bumblebee. Who's um, mute. <laughs> who's mute. And I, I, I think he's the most well done of the quote-unquote yeah. characters of the, of the Autobots, certainly. You've got Megatron, mm-hmm. who is brought back from the dead with the most ridiculous plot contrivance ever. Yeah. Oh, we've got a bit of the uh, Allspark. Let's plug it into him. Why are you so bothered about Optimus dying? Yeah. Oh, he's dead. Oh, you just put the Allspark in him. It's fine. And why does the oh, Allspark... Died. Oh, just put the Allspark. Why does the Allspark kill Megatron in the first one and then resurrect him in the second one? I know. It doesn't yeah, make any it doesn't sense. Be, yeah. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's like, mm. oh, we, oh, we, we killed Megatron. Ah, sugar. Do, Let's just get him back. Fine, get him back. While, while we're on Megatron's uh, resurrection, just as a little aside, uh-huh. sorry, um, th- this is one of the glaring errors for me, even in the cinema on the first view. <laughs> I was slapping my head. Uh-huh. <laughs> the, the the USS whatever, you know, the, they're... There's an armada floating over yeah. where they've buried Megatron, and the Decepticons sneak on board and then uh-huh. dive off and go under. <laughs> and they 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 track the sonar guy tracks six shapes going down. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it tracks five shapes going down. Mm. They get down there. The little Decepticon says, "Oh, we need parts for Megatron. So kill that one." Yeah. So they kill one of their number. Now there are four. Uh-huh. They rebuild Megatron. Now there are five. Uh-huh. And they surface, and the sonar guy says, "There's six shapes now, sir." <laughs> So are they dragging what's left of the carcass with them? Maybe they are. Does Maybe the little guy show up in sonar? Because <laughs> I, I will say, admittedly, on the way down, the little guy's inside Ravage, and then Ravage ejects him. Ah, right. He, so, but he's I small think, enough to sit on Shia LaBeouf's bottom lips, so I I'm guessing he, he doesn't show up on sonar. I think they're being chased by the giant fish whale thing from Waterworld. Oh, I see. It's the only thing that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, or one of the bigger fish from uh, Phantom Menace. From Phantom, yeah, yeah, indeed. So you've you've basically anyway, so got yeah, this um, ridiculous plot contrivance to get yeah. back a cool villain. Yeah, not even a particularly cool villain. He is a yeah. cool villain, but he's there basically he's not, to sell yeah, toys. He's not as cool as he could and should have been. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you've then got the twins, <laughs> who are just a couple of racist stereotypes. They are ridiculously perpetrated. They are ridiculously portrayed, I should say rather. Um, mm-hmm. they, they, they their dialogue is ridiculous, stupid. Idiotic, dumb. The characterization is one of them's got a gold tooth. Why does he have a gold that, tooth? That's the the worst thing for me. One of the de- one of the defences of the twins that I've heard over the years uh-huh. is that they ma- they mention in the first film that they learned to talk English from the internet, uh-huh. um, and I believe something that, that 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 they dropped, and I really wish they hadn't. With Ironhide talks primarily in film quotes, and yeah. I, I like that that like he'd maybe stumbled onto IMDb uh-huh. and the quotes page, and that's you know, but and that kind of. Co- 
So these these twins yeah. are basically adopting the, the language of people who don't know the well, internet exists. Yeah, well, well, that's it. You know, the, the the twins veer from sounding like the the worst kind of sort of uh, racist yeah. black stereotype you've ever heard. One of them's gone onto like the Black Panthers Cletus. website, and yeah. one of them's gone onto the Ku Klux Klan website. Yeah, basically, that, that's it. Well, as, as they've they've stumbled. One of the defences I heard was that they stumbled on the Wu Tang Clan's website, or something, <sighs> and they learned to talk hip hop. Yeah, now, that's it. Still doesn't excuse the racism or the fact that they veer from, you know, sounding. Like black caricatures to uh-huh. sounding like uh, Cletus the Slackjawed Yokel, uh-huh. who, as you said, wouldn't have an internet connection. Therefore, exactly. You know, but at least it, if that explains anything, it only explains the way they talk. Yeah, it doesn't explain why one of them has a gold, a gold tooth, tooth and what no. appear to be earrings I know, as well. I know. <laughs> it's <laughs> That's stupid. a physical thing. It's, it's stupid. Yeah. It's it's absolutely and, ridiculous. In a film that shows such accuracy towards militarism and towards yeah, the yeah. army, in a film that tries to take the action so seriously, in a film mm-hmm. when you get the flashbacks, which I'll come to in a second, um, which, again, tries to make it sound very reverential and very serious, and then you have these two characters. It's Jar Jar Binks all over again. Yeah. It's completely misjudging the level of comic uh, comic um, uh, sidekickery that you need. Yeah, that's, that's the film's biggest crime. It makes Jar Jar almost relevant. <laughs> That, you know that's no, my my thing. If I'd been sitting in the roof, Michael B, and he wanted these two uh-huh. sort of uh, black bickering sidekicks for comedy, uh-huh. surely to goodness, a take it a bit more seriously. You know, yeah. say, give give them some depth. Don't be a racist about it. Very much so. And your Michael B, your biggest or one of your biggest success stories before this, yeah. Bad Boys, cast Martin Lawrence and Will Smith. Absolutely, you can put it on the poster, sell more tickets. The studio will love it. Will Smith is brilliant. Are you Martin Lawrence is only good. Arguing here to Will make Smith. Transformers two worse by putting Martin Lawrence in here. Is that what you're doing no, here? No, Martin Lawrence when he's opposite Will Smith isn't that bad because Will Smith has so much extra charisma and yeah, awesomeness that's that very he makes true. Martin. So if Will Smith was yeah. to sign on board, then you could get Martin yeah, Lawrence. Abs- but oh, if absolutely. he didn't, then you'd need uh, to didn't, get yeah, you know, Chris you'd, Rock you'd and nick, somebody nick else it, yeah. or something. Chris Rock would be good. Chris, Chris Rock, and, Chris Rock and Will Smith take the, take the Lawrence factor out. Yeah, right? yeah, that'd, yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but you know, I mean, he's got a relationship sitting there. Yeah, know? absolutely. Um, Martin Lawrence, he's not turning down jobs left, right, and centre. Will Smith, fantastic actor, got a great career. A couple of days but, voiceover work yeah, wouldn't go amiss. He would, he would do it for an old friend, and he's yeah. got a sense of humour. You know, he absolutely. he'll send himself up in it in anything. Will yeah. Smith, he's just that relaxed. Yeah, and like you say, it's it's what you know, a couple of hours on the phone. Saying lines that have been emailed to him. Yeah. And no excuse then, then not he can to. get back on with making stuff like I Am Legend. Yep. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I Am Legend is half good. It is half I will, good. I will stick with that. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that. It should have been all good. It anyway. should have been all good, yes. It should. Um, okay, so you've got basically Megatron being brought back from the grave ridiculously. Um, when when they were talking about the, the new Star Trek, J.J. Abrams' Star Trek, yes. and Bill Shatner was saying he wasn't allowed, he, he wasn't being invited to come back to the film because they already had Spock and they couldn't think of a way to logically resurrect um, um, Kirk. Kirk yeah. And he said, well, I know what you do. You just go over to the machine in the corner and you, and you turn the handle and you press the button and then, woof, you know, it's... it's yeah. Jim Kirk's back alive and I thought you know it's a fairly funny statement to put on a YouTube yeah. video but it, it makes no sense in terms of, of, of modern sci-fi and, the, and mm. the sort of the conventions that we have of trying to take it seriously and that's exactly what they've done they've, yeah. pre- they've turned the handle and pressed the button and Megatron's back alive it takes away any sense of victory over the death of any robot yeah. it takes away the sense of any kind of uh, uh, failure tension, or any kind of attention yeah. over or, yeah, exactly tension, the, tension the humans don't even stay dead I know, I know I know I know I know I'm getting to that Sorry. I'm getting to that <laughs> Um, So Megatron brought back by pressing a button, ridiculous. The Fallen beaten in two seconds, ridiculous. The Twins, ridiculous. Uh, You've mentioned RC and the the bikes. Are they a character? Are they not? Who seems to care? Ridiculous. Um, Um, 
I'm, I'll, we'll, we'll go back to Shire while we're yeah. while we're on the Shire track. Now that you've, that you've you've brought that up, he shouldn't be allowed to make films. He shouldn't, really. I'm really sorry, Shia LaBeouf. I hope you don't listen to this podcast. But if you do, don't make any more films. Yeah. <laughs> you're terrible in King of the Crystal Skull. You're terrible in this. You ruined almost ruined Transformers One for me. Yeah. Be a sidekick by all means, and not indie sidekick, but like a proper sidekick, like a like a silly sidekick, like in Constantine, yeah, Constantine like in iRobot. And iRobot that fine. Yeah, absolutely yeah. fine. I don't mind you doing that, but don't mm-hmm. make these great big movies where you're this, yeah. you know, charisma vacuum, just silly little boy. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he he dies. Yeah. We, he dies in the film, and then he's brought back to life instantly by the yeah. power of not having finished the film yet and needing him. It's. Yeah, they, they they talk about they they say that they bring him back to life so that he can use the the matrix to resurrect Optimus. Yeah. because the matrix is not found; it is earned. Ooh. Now, surely Optimus Prime, with his centuries of valor and yeah. you know being the last one, yeah, to, does he not get it? Dis- Yeah, surely they could have just appeared in his head in the forest and said, yeah. "Optimus, you are awesome." Yeah, absolutely. You know, and he could have got back up and twatted Megatron yeah, with Starscream's you, arm. You are a Prime. Yeah. Why not make the matrix yourself? Oh, yeah. very good point. Let's uh, never die. No, a Prime. This this brings me to another okay. point of oh okay. <laughs> right, the fallen is one of the original seven primes. Yes, um, only a prime can kill me. Yes, he says repeatedly. Yes, insinuating, not categor- categorically stating, but it certainly implies only primes can kill pr- primes. Yes. Now uh, Megatron kills Optimus, suggesting mm-hmm. that Megatron is a prime, mm-hmm. um, which uh, is fair enough because in the first film Optimus refers to him as brother. Uh huh. Um, so, why is Megatron afraid of the other Autobots that turn up after he kills Optimus? And how did he get killed by Shia LaBeouf? Is Shia LaBeouf a prime? Shia LaBeouf a prime, yeah, exactly. Um, it, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Me- Megatron gets killed by Shia, who it can't be a prime because he's yep. not even a Transformer. Yep. Um, and then Megatron offs Optimus, essentially the last threat in the galaxy I mean, to him. And then Ironhide and Ratchet and everyone turn up and Megatron hops it. Yeah, and it's... it's it, is Optimus a Prime? I mean, is Prime just his surname? Like you get some people who well, are called, you know, Jesus. They're not. They're not the son yeah. of God. No. Yeah. Again, this this isn't explained. I mean, it's said in the film. Yes, Optimus is a Prime. Uh huh. Okay. Um, but then, how is so? Is he descended from them, or was he one of those original seven as well? Yeah, because he wasn't there in the flashbacks. He's not there was there he? In the flashbacks. Is he promoted to be a Prime? Because if, um, if, if there's only seven Primes and they have yeah. their own language, again, yeah. going back to uh, yeah. to evolution and development of anthropology here, yeah. you don't have a language with seven people. Language yeah. needs, you know, a yeah. lot of people. Lot, it needs exactly, trade yeah. and bartering and stuff, you know. Um, yeah, it just all, all the sort of mythology expansion that goes on in the second one. Which, yeah, is one of my big bugbears. Is, yeah, it's You've not... You've got this as flashback earlier, to the prehistoric times when the Primes... What's all this about? Who's yeah. made this up? They need to harvest the energy from a sun to make energy on. What, yeah. Why is this happening? Who's decided this? And then, you know, suddenly the Fallen says, let's just destroy Earth anyway. Why has he said that? Yeah. So yeah. They, they turn again. So then the Primes destroy themselves yeah. to hide the Matrix of Leadership. Just kill the Fallen. Yeah. There's six of you. <laughs> just gang up on it. yeah. yeah. You know, don't kill yourselves leaving it defenseless. Yeah. Take it with you. <laughs> Chain him up on Earth or something. Oh, it's stupid. It's absolutely yeah. stupid. Anyway, that that is what this ill thought out, stupid quasi mythology is absolutely ridiculous and doesn't belong there. There is plenty of very, very good background which mm. has been created over the years by the yep. toy makers, by the comics writers, by yep. the T V series writers. There's so much good stuff there to plumb from. Don't if you're gonna make stuff up, don't make up crap. 
Yeah. Use the good stuff or make up good stuff of your own, but don't make stuff up just as a placeholder, just to try yeah. and justify why Shia LaBeouf comes back from the dead. Just, it's just stupid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like I say, and in, in the first one, you get none of that. The, the, there's a little bit of mythology, you know, there, but it, it neither flies in the face of nor goes along with the original versions. It's close enough to the original versions yeah. that, uh, that it doesn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the second one sort of takes that and runs with it and just yeah. t- takes liberties. And like it's you say, it would be one thing, it would be, it would be all, not forgivable, but certainly closer to forgivable uh-huh. if they hadn't had anything to draw on, if they were grasping blindly. But yeah. as you said, they've got 20 years they've of comics, tons of stuff. toys, the TV series, and then, all this stuff. And then Shia finds it, yeah. and then it crumbles into dust. And then he dies, and then he has this vision where they say, it's, yeah. well, you just said it, it's not, it's not it's, it's found, it's earned. It's earned. Of course it's found! He just he found, found it! it. Yeah. It was there in the cave, he's found, he found it. it! Yeah. And what's he thinking? He's got all the dust in a sock, he's just going to sprinkle the dust on Optimus and it's going to work, it, you know? Which takes it even further from being a threat to die as a, yeah. as a Transformer. No, just put dust on you. Yeah. Does household it's, dust work? If I, if I rub, you know dandruff on you hand of sand from the desert yep. would that work and oh it's ridiculous the, the, this is yeah he could, he could, he could so have found it run it through an explosion plugged it into him back alive fine yeah okay a little bit contrived but fine yeah the only thing that can bring you back is this matrix thingy and that's why suddenly you know death is still a, a problem for yeah. an autobot for blah, blah 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 maybe even the matrix thingy will only work on primes yes so, maybe so it will. absolutely but, but bumblebee and everyone is still at risk bumblebee I, and the nameless faceless ones we don't have time yeah. to, to care about <laughs> uh, you know they yeah. might die <laughs> yeah so the, yeah. There's, there's all these things that could have yeah. happened and they decided to throw this absolutely ridiculous thing in there stupid and Stupid, stupid, stupid. Another thing for me, another con for me, um, and I think this will be one for you as well, okay. is uh, we alluded to it earlier with the Transformers essentially cameoing in their own movie. Yes. We spend far too much time on the humans. Now, yes. Um, in the first film, the Witwicky clan mm-hmm. doesn't bother me so much. I, I like the hook that it's, as well as this interstellar war, it's it's a boy and, uh-huh. and his car and he's trying yeah. to press a girl. And it's he gets n- it's up, nice to know? have that as the, the emotional core and have yeah. the, the war as the backdrop. That's That works narratively. In the second film, obviously, mm-hmm. Sam's character arc, for want of a better phrase, is, re- uh. is re- resolved yeah. you know, in the first movie. He's he's confident, he's got the girl, he's going off to college. Uh-huh. He's, you know. um, in the second film, you know, we've got... We're introduced to the Nest, uh, which I still can't figure out what it stands for, but the alliance of the the Autobots and the Team America. Okay. Um, and, Hang, on. Um, Hang on. Through the magic of Wikipedia, which, by the way, uh, yeah. apparently needs $16 million to keep running ad-free, so if you've got any spare money in these credit crunch times, do give it to Wikipedia. <laughs> it uh, stands for Networked Elements, Supporters and Transformers. That's ridiculous. Yep. Um so anyway, they could have just called it the Alliance, and yeah. we'd have been fine with it, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> surely, if we're already sacrificing Transformer screen time for humans, mm-hmm. why do we still need to spend all this time with the w- Wiki Clan? I don't really care about Sam going no. off to college or anything, you know. Absolutely. If you've got this Alliance thing, let's just focus on the soldiers. Maybe the different. Do like you know when you see cop movies and they all they all have a, a partner and you know the, there's the buddy thing. You yeah. Know? So um, it's Lennox and uh, which Josh Duhamel um, and uh, Optimus Prime, uh-huh. you know? and then uh, Tyrese Gibson and Ironhide or something. You know. Yeah. There, there's all these sort of human human transformer alliances yeah. that are essentially like sets of cops and partners. Uh-huh. You know? And that's where our Although, sort of human. If you've you know, got a robot that's as big as a truck, what yeah. car would it sit in to shoot the breeze and eat donuts? Well, you would sit in him 
and eat donuts. Eating donuts, and you would shoot the breeze together. How would you? That's eat? something else. Both the movies. How would he eat donuts? He would. Optimus. He doesn't need donuts. All right. Okay. He just needs a stimulating conversation of a donut fueled fueled. Cop. Um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> But you know, that's what I mean. It's, it's sort of we're we're sacrificing Autobot screen time uh-huh. to spend time with not one faction of humanity, but two. Yeah, <laughs> and and this stoned yeah. mother who has a, a hash brownie for oh, no reason. The whole college just for some stupid drug humour. Like Cheech and Chong weren't that you know unsubtle and about drug humour. The, the, the roommate that leads us. The, the college sequence leads us to the roommate Leo. Yeah. Why? Why does he exist? Why? What yeah. a useless he's not. He's not a bad actor. He's fairly yeah. funny. No, he not works. the actor's no, it's, problem. It's just, why, why is he there in the why story? Why is he in the script? Yeah. And while like, we're at and college... And if, if he is in the script, can we not get rid of Megan Fox? Oh. Uh, you know, why do we need oh. three... <laughs> Megan Fox shouldn't make movies. At all. She is she, she doesn't even get the she, Constantine and I robot no, she excuse doesn't. that Shia She gets. doesn't add anything to this film apart from a bit of a giggle after it was released and she said it was terrible. Yeah. Like, why make the movie then? It's uh, not like you didn't know going in it was going to be terrible yeah, and you were going to be terrible that, in it. Why bother doing it? You wanted really money. That bothers me that, actually. Oh, um, absolutely. M- morally, I think, whether this film was, you know, Gladiator yeah. or Van Helsing, if you've decided to do it, and you, you know you signed up. Yeah. To, I mean, she said these things while she was touring the world I to know. promote the film. I know. I know. I mean, Paramount were paying for her She's to be going around saying these uh, things. Horrible, talentless, it's selfish. It's ungrateful. It is absolutely. It is. I'm not going to say you she know, wouldn't have a career if it hadn't been for Transformers One, because somebody else would have picked her up and put her in something. Maybe. Would, would they? But would they? She's, the she's pretty. Yeah. But I mean, the, there's a lot of people out there yeah, that are pretty. True. Natalie Portman's pretty. Yeah. She can act. But the fact is, irrespective of whether it would have happened anyway, this is a film that made it happen for her. Michael Bay yes, and Transformers absolutely. is what put her on the map, and yeah. she should show gratitude for that, even if she does think the film's terrible. Wait a couple of years, yeah. and then say and it. she, com- she it complained about him during Bad Boys Two because apparently yeah. she was an extra in Bad Boys That's Two, right, dancing yeah. under a waterfall in a bikini when she was fifteen. Yeah, and she's saying, hmm, "Yeah, isn't Michael Bay a pervert for hiring me at 15? You, you did it. Yeah, and you then went and worked with him two more times. Yeah. Who are you whinging at? Who's who's making? Who's holding a gun to your parents' head saying, "Do this"? Yeah, idiot. Yeah. Oh god, I hate her. No time for that. One. Anyway. Anyway. So yeah, Megan Fox shouldn't exist. While we're on the college, yes. What's with this blonde woman who's then seducing Sam, turning out to be a Decepticon? I mean, yeah. if you can become a human, just just stab him. Yeah. Just go in and stab him. Don't don't make this massive ridiculous. Oh, the, 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 they want to get what's in his head to find out where where the. the so knock the him unconscious. But the, I wait, don't, I have don't sex get... with him. Wait till he's asleep. Yeah. Gag him. Tie him up. Take him to. Or yeah. say, come and meet my uncle. Come to drive him out to wherever he's got. There's yeah. so many ways it could work. Mm-hmm. Or just go to the, stab the president. Make one of the presidents stab him. Yeah. Make make them do it. Oh, when you when you add that in there, mm-hmm. it just and I, I know that's probably from the cartoon. Maybe it was from the cartoon. Maybe it's something that's pre-existing the, in in Transformers history. But if you're gonna yeah. add it into the film, yeah. just don't because it's ridiculous. Yeah. It doesn't make it sense. Doesn't that's not a very good argument, I admit. No. But still, it it's, doesn't make any sense why you'd have a robot that looked like a person, mm-hmm. like the Terminator, and you would just then let it get yeah. destroyed so easily and so quickly. It's, yeah. Yeah, she just gets run over. Yeah. It's silly. It's Don't stupid. write her into the film because it, yeah. it, it takes you into a brick wall if, that you can't get away yeah. from. Yeah, and if you were going to write her into the film, take more time about it, do it right. You know, yeah. I'd have maybe, you know, because the pretenders, they are from the 
the, the not from the uh, cartoon, the the Western cartoon that that we knew and loved. Right, but they're from but the they Japanese. Are, they are from the toys and from the Japanese iteration. Okay. I think I, I don't know if the the toys introduced them, then the Japanese cartoon picked them up, or vice versa. But I think they what are, happened was um, the toys came first, and American executives went over to Japan, saw the toys, bought the rights to them, then made the cartoon, and then the yeah, Japanese yeah, the, made a cartoon based on the American cartoon. cartoon yeah. Um, so the pretenders, you know, that they are from from that, and okay. I think pretender pretenders as a concept are fine. Um, yeah, Jim Cameron had a great time with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> but um, if you're going to do them at all, they really need to be the main threat. That could have been the hook for Transformers Three. Yes, you know, this time they they look human. Yeah, you know? and Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, that's what. Um, and there's there's where all your tension comes from, you know. If, yeah. if if only Transformers Two hadn't made it a universe where nobody stays dead, so there's no yeah. tension anyway. Well, absolutely no. Yeah, but androids and and human like robots are a completely different subgenre of robot sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. And they they don't blend well with the vehicles with turn the, into robot yeah. subgenre. No, of absolutely. which Transformers and I think Voltron fit. Yeah. Into. So yeah, um, ridiculous, silly, yeah. silly, silly, ridiculous. And if you were going to do them in this franchise again. Don't do it the same year that a new Terminator movie is coming out. No, you know, wait and do it in number three when yeah. you're not going to have a Terminator to, to compete with, or do it in the first. You know, because the new Terminator Salvation was coming. Why bother? Yeah. Apparently, in one shot in Transformers Two, you blink and you'll miss it, but you can see some writing on the chassis of the Pretender. And uh, in the middle of all the characters, it says T one thousand, which was their in joke at Terminator. It's like, yeah, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Don't just remind um, everyone that you're essentially ripping off, or <laughs> at least appears to be ripping off. Yeah. Because, of course, Joe Public doesn't know that Pretenders are part of the mythology. Joe Public is going to go into the movie, it, watch oh, it, and say, they've just put a Terminator in that. Yeah. And to be honest, the Pretenders were introduced in the toys, which came out in 1984, after the Terminator. Uh-huh. So it probably is it a rip-off. Off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which, so, of course, was ripped off from Harlan Ellison. Wh- yeah. <laughs> so but, while we're at college... Yes, sorry. Rain Wilson is the professor. What's he doing? That's just... Bizarre, isn't What's it? he doing? He drops his apple onto his foot and it rolls across the floor and then some hot young student picks it up lovingly and eats it. It's horrible. It's like some kind of really dirty Eastern European pornography. It's horrible. It's horrific. It sticks out like a sore thumb in the exact same way as the weird emo bit from Spider-Man 3 does. Yeah. However, that ended up being a backhanded highlight. Yes. <laughs> it was otherwise it's a fairly mediocre film. film. But, whereas this just seems to be another nail in the coffin. It's of horrible and it's really early on as well and you're like what's going yeah. on here is he going to start what's going to happen okay. one of the main criticisms of this movie is that it's so long we could have cut out 45 minutes of yeah. Sam at college absolutely you could have cut a lot of stuff out to make it a better film um, you know and it's oh it's, it's ridiculous it yeah. Is, yeah. One thing that I like, Jetfire. I really like Jetfire. Jet I think Fire that is. is comic relief done very, very well. Yes. He's I like the, the anti-twins. Fact, yes. Yeah. When he's saying, you know, my grandfather was the first Transformer. He was a wheel. You know, he transformed into nothing. nothing. Yeah. That's really funny. I like yeah. that. I think that he works very well as comic relief. Yes. Um, and John Turturro maybe didn't belong in the film, but he's such a good actor. You can yeah. forgive him anything he, he does. does. See, that's it. I mean, can... You know, John Turturro and you know Josh Duhamel and all sold soldiers. They're they're not they're not great. They're not awful either. They're just there. They're just cannon uh-huh. fodder. You know, but we could have had you know them with uh, Josh Duhamel being the sort of the dramatic lead or the serious lead. Yeah. John Turturro as the comic relief. That's your human cast. Yeah. Um, put in some expository dialogue about the Witwicky family doing well or something. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Maybe a scene or two with Sam introducing Bumblebee, who yeah. then leaves the Witwicky yeah. family to rejoin the Autobots. Or just say, you know, Bumblebee, how is Sam? He yeah. died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I 
And that's it. <laughs> Malcolm Benji turned up and stoned <laughs> him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, oh. yeah, it just... Yeah, as I said, the, the, there are good moments in this film, but they are few, they are far between. Yes. And what's worse than them being few and far between is that there's no need for them to be there. No. The stuff that we... The, the stuff that we spend time on rather than mm-hmm. the, the Autobot Decepticon battle is needless filler. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a double whammy of disappointment. Yeah. You know? well, I think when you've, when you've got a franchise that has such a rich history, like, you know, just to bring another example, Spider-Man 3, yeah. like X-Men Origins Wolverine, you've got years and years and years of stuff. Yeah. And then you go and make stuff up and it turns out to be crap. Yeah. Just use the stuff. Use the good stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anything else you'd like to say about Transformers 2? Revenge of the Fallen. I like the score. <laughs> <laughs> I do, okay. actually. I'll tell you, one other good thing that I like about Transformers 2, yeah. I was very, very, very fortunate enough to go with my girlfriend to Jordan a few years back on holiday. Oh, yes. Not the model, the country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I would... Th- thoroughly recommend it to anybody who is interested in history in deserts or in the arab people mm-hmm. it's a lovely lovely country um and petra where they film the the sort of ancient city which is built into the car uh, the walls of this sort of um uh, uh valley uh, is one of the most stunning places in the world carl pilkington went there recently in his oh, uh, yeah. series on it's sky abroad, yeah, yeah. Um, and it really is one of the most stunning places i've ever been to the people are friendly um well most of them there's people trying to hawk tat at you and they're kind of rub- they're kind of rude if you don't buy yeah. off them but most of the so the bedouin are all very very pleasant very very welcoming the tour guides are good the food's nice the drink is good uh the sort of mint tea which is gorgeous it's a fantastic place and where sam was is a place called the monastery which is right at the far end of uh, petra and it's yeah. stunning so that's what i liked i liked <laughs> the fact that i'd been there yeah that was nice Go, go on holiday, it's good. Anyway, yeah. uh, it's also the place where um, uh, most people know about Petra, if you know about Petra. It's the place where the uh, the Grail Temple was in Indiana Jones and yeah. the Temple of... Uh, the Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Yeah, which was, yeah. It was great. as a massive indie fan to go there. It was wonderful. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so uh, that's another thing I like. So, shall, so, we, uh, shall we move on to, to G.I. Joe? Joe here. Kai's of Rise of the Cobra. Cobra, yeah, co- co- of cobra the Rise, rise of the... Okay. the so, uh, G.I. Joe and the Rise of Cobra. As, as you were saying earlier, Malk, um, you're a massive fan of Transformers as a kid growing up with the toys. Mm-hmm. I was the same with G.I. Joe. I had heaps of G.I. Joes as a kid. I loved them. I played with them. I paraded them. Uh, I loved the cartoons. I watched the cartoons. The theme tune just used to send shivers down my spine. G.I. Joe, real American hero. It made me want to be yeah. American. It made me want to yeah. be American more than any other thing yeah. at the time when I was six years old I wanted to be an American hero like G.I. Joe didn't know who G.I. Joe was didn't realise it wasn't a bloke I thought you know are they all just G.I. Joe's mates and we're going to see him eventually yeah. I don't know but I loved it I loved the toys I loved the cartoon yeah. I loved everything about G.I. Joe it was ace when I then found out that it was being made off the back of this because of Transformers yeah. I was delighted yep when I then found out that the director of Van Helsing was the <laughs> man who was making it <laughs> Oh. A little bit of my heart turned black and died that day, I and tell if you. If I see Van Helsing, I'm going to slay him. So, oh. yeah. so uh, yeah, we've got here um, one of the big 
kids' army films, basically. Yeah. Um, it's not really a pro-war film. It's more of a sort of a militaristic fantasy film. You know, I don't yeah. think it has that pro-war sort of sentiment behind it. It's not a propaganda piece for for the army. No. Um, like but it, Transformers Two was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, it, it's it's a, it's a kids' militaristic film. Um, I think. That, well, the, the film isn't really a kids' film, but the franchise is a kids' franchise. Um, and I think I think yeah, giving it to someone who can't make a good film out of Frankenstein meets Dracula meets Wolfman is is, is really disappointing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so what we have basically is a live action um, Team America World Police, and it, it's it's really telling that one of the big set pieces in the film is the Eiffel Tower falling over. <laughs> you know, years after it happened in, in Team, Team America, America yeah. I think it's three years or maybe two years after it happened. So even if it was in the script before Team America, you'd realise that it's been parodied. Let's take it out, and they don't. They keep <laughs> they don't. it in, and it's actually more effectively done. In Team America than it is. I think Team America is what G.I. Joe would have been if there'd be any sense of self-awareness about the makers. Yeah. Um, I love Team America. It does exactly what G.I. Joe doesn't, which is take the genre and yeah. and you know make it acceptable and, to watch because yeah. they're taking the mickey out of yeah, it. Yeah. Whereas G.I. Joe just takes the conventions and just sort of runs with them and, and in, yeah. for all the wrong reasons and in all the wrong with all the wrong results. So anyway, let me start with my uh, my pros and cons. What okay. I like and what I don't like. Um, what do I like about G.I. Joe Cobra The Rise Of? Um... Um, I've got one. I quite like Snake Eyes. That's my one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't like what they've done with him particularly. Yeah. You hire someone like Ray Park, who is one of the finest cinematic yeah. martial artists of the past ten, fifteen years, and you put him in a rubber suit that is so heavy he can barely move. Yeah. Not quite sure I understand why that is. He's mm. a ninja. Put him in ninja clothes. End yeah. of. Um. Oh. Um. Hmm. Um. So, uh, anything? No. Um, I quite like the score. Actually, the score's kind of boring. Yeah. So, no, I don't like the score. Yes, yeah, so uh, at least Revenge of the Fallen has that. Okay, so yeah. the concept of Snake Eyes, yeah. though not the execution, yep. and the casting of Ray Park, mm-hmm. though not the costume or cinematography or anything. Yeah. Um, that's what I like about G.I. Joe. Yeah. What do I not like? Well, for a start, <laughs> I don't like Christopher Eccleston. I think that he is okay as an actor, but he should not be making films like G.I. Joe, Rise of the F- Fallen, Ranger of the Cobra. <laughs> um, yeah. uh, he's in uh, the fa- uh, not the Fast and the Furious, Gone in 60 Seconds, and he's yeah. rubbish. He's yeah, terrible. he's awful in that. Um, I didn't like him as Doctor Who. I'll tell you what I did like him in. There was a film called The Revengers Tragedy, which is a post-apocalyptic version of a Jacobean... Um, uh, theatre play tragedy right. obviously theatre play it wouldn't be a film in the Jacobean era would it um, but it's, it's, it's a classical a classic Jacobean play and it was, it was sort of uh, filmed with the original text but in a, in a sort of contemporary British or a futuristic post-apocalyptic British setting and he was very good in that it was very good obviously I think in the theatre he'd be very good if he'd stuck with British yeah. stuff he'd be fine um, as long as Russell T Davies isn't writing it but he doesn't fit in G.I. Joe Cobra The Rise of the yeah. Fallen um, he's he's just not good. He's he's not a good actor. He doesn't really know how to look at a camera properly, um, and it, it's offensive to see him as the main villain. I think yeah. that the is it the doctor or oh. the doctor, the surgeon, the medic, whatever he's called, the doctor who yeah. turns out to be the old man from Third Rock from the Sun, who's actually a young boy who then became a very good actor, and then after that chose to do this. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that he was in Inception because I thought if this was the last film of your career, yeah, was there was. 
uh, 30 days of summer? Was that before or after this? 500, 500 days, days of summer. 30, 500 days, days of night. Very short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but anyway, was, it was around the same time. Yeah, like, Joseph yeah. Gordon-Levitt, he's an, he proved he's himself to be a very, actor. very good actor he's in his adult days. He's probably my favourite thing in Inception. Is he? Um, and I don't say that lightly. No, in a film that is full of good stuff. Yeah, is my favourite thing. So yeah, the, the fact that he's doing this, and he said, oh, I like to do it because, you know, some actors like to go and do a bit of action filming yeah. sometimes just because it's, it's a change from doing it and it's nice to have yeah, the opportunity but, but there's so many better things there's out there's always going to be three or four superhero movies every summer go Absolutely. and do one of them don't do one with the guy that did Van Helsing <laughs> for God's sake so Joseph Gordon-Levitt is um, he's poor in this film I have to say yeah. what they do with him and what he does is kind of poor yeah. his makeup looks rubbish um, his flashback's fine when it's him. Oh, he's yeah, fine. When he, yeah. But when he's in when his he's prosthetics doctor, yeah. and when he's talking and the lines he has to say, it's awful. Absolutely awful. Yeah, the, Sienna I mean, Miller is not very good. She's very attractive. You know, skin tight yeah. leather's very good for a good body. But, you know, I can buy a copy of her FHM to see that. I don't need to yeah. have my childhood toy franchise ripped from my mind and spat upon. Yeah. Um, the, the the ginger one, Scarlet. What's, oh, yeah. Who's she? I'm, I'm not sure. I think she's the love interest in the new Conan movie that's coming out Is next she? year. Yeah, which concerns me a little bit because yeah, I really like Conan and I'm not looking forward to it. it it's not shaping up to be very good. No, is it? Jason yeah. Momoa, who's playing yeah. Conan, he's from Stargate Atlantis and he's he's decent enough. He's yeah. a TV actor though. Is he going to be able to pull off a film? I don't oh, know. Yeah. You know, and the, the director's Marcus Nispel, I think. Yeah, um, and he's not I got a very no good cinematic. So yeah, yeah anyway. am I right in saying Marcus Nispel did Pathfinder? Yes, you are. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. V- the Van Helsing argument, right? Yeah. All you had to do was have, cow- not cowboys, have Vikings fight Fighting Indian, Native Indians. Indian, Na- Native Americans. Native Americans, yeah. sorry. Um, and, <laughs> sorry. And, you know, you know, that's it. Yeah. That, that's an awesome film. Yeah. That is an awesome, awesome film. Absolutely. Instead, we got Pathfinder. Yeah. How how do you uh, muck that up? Yeah. How do you muck it up? Oh, I just get so angry. So, so yeah, Nispel. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think Mr. Echo from Lost, I can't pronounce his name, I apologise, I'm not being racist, but it's a very long and <laughs> unusually spelt for a Westerner name, you know, it's an African name, a traditional yeah. African name. Um, but Mr. Echo from Lost, he is uh, heavy duty, he's fine, doesn't have yeah. a lot to do, he's just your, your token, yeah. you know, muscular, good-looking background, big gun holder, yep. um, and he's fine as that. Yeah. Um, I think uh, Arnold Vosloo was uh, Zartan or yeah. Santander or whatever his name is, he, he's, again, he's all right. You know, he was yeah. fine in the first Mummy film. Yeah. He actually wasn't that bad in the second Mummy film. Yeah, all my complaints about the second him. Mummy film, I, they're not really Vosloo-centric. No. <laughs> a, a South African B-movie actor is one of the yeah. best things in your film. You're worrying, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, and then you, you go are. on to make Van Helsing. So, um, yeah, so uh, basically, most of the cast are rubbish. I think yeah. Channing Tatum, apparently Channing Tatum's done quite good work in other things. Um, but I can't I see can't it personally, see it, yeah. no. He's, I, he's... I found him to be a charisma vacuum as well. Yeah, you know? I tell you who I don't think is that bad, yeah. and I never thought I'd say this, Marlon Wayans. See, I, I disagree, actually, but but again, I think I need to I watch mean, Don't Joe Don't get again. me wrong, he's not good. No, but I'm not saying that oh, if yeah, I were a casting director, I'd ever cast him in anything. In cast. But yeah, yeah, yeah. He, absolutely. I and that is kind of concerning when the annoying one from Scary Movie 2... Yeah. He's one of the best things in your movie. Exa- yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I'm so sorry, but if you're a Wyans brother and you're not Damon, you shouldn't be working. Okay, um, fair enough. Um, Last Boy Scout, good. <laughs> Everything else, all of them have done between them, bad. The first scary movie I actually quite I, liked. I was, right, I was yeah, young enough at the time to appreciate yeah, I, I, the, the puerile humour. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, anyway, mo- most of the cast, yeah. really, really bad. Um, with the exception of uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's flashback and mm, yeah. Ray Park's previous films yeah um <laughs> the action is 
bland really to is. the extreme. It's it's so when you can get more emotion and more genuine tension out of marionettes yeah. in a spoof than yeah. you do out of live action actors in a serious film. Yeah. Someone's going terribly wrong. And the accelerator suits. Such what? a big deal in the trailer. It's like yeah. the film should have been called Accelerator Suit, the movie. Yeah. What's why is it? What are you doing that what? for? Why is that? Just have just have stuntmen running through a bus. Don't throw CGI. That was the problem with the Mummy Returns. Too much CGI. Yeah. And he's done it again. And too much CGI in Van Helsing. And, and now he's done it again. Then. Accelerator suits, exploding buses. No, we don't and need it all. You've got stuntmen for that. That's what they do. Yeah. And again, it's so needless because, again, going back, back to um, Transformers, yeah. you need to do them in CGI. Absolutely. You can't do them. No. <laughs> but G.I. Joe, the whole thing is... The you know, people. That, that's what we loved about when I was a kid. When I wanted to be a robot, I would play with my Transformers. When yeah. I wanted to be a soldier, I would play with G.I. Joe. Absolutely. Now it seems if I want to play with G.I. Joe, I'm playing with a robot. <laughs> 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 what? It's ridiculous. It's stupid. You, you yeah. get Ray Park... You say you give him a jumper and a pair of crack hopper trousers and a yeah. pair of you know decent shoes, yeah. and you say, "Ray, jump through that window, kick that stuntman in the face, jump through the window, and then do a somersault." Yeah. Done. That's like half an hour of filming for yeah. two or three takes, if that. Instead, thousands and thousands of dollars, oh. months and months of rendering time on an unconvincing piece of tripe. Yeah. Absolute rubbish. What do they accelerate? You. you. Oh. What do they accelerate? This film into an early grave. Yeah. So. Yeah, keeping the Quaid in work. <laughs> yeah, Dennis Quaid. He's been better. Yeah, he's been a lot better. He's, he's been worse as well. Yeah, the, the, Dennis, Dennis Quaid is about the one person in this movie who I, I was not quite relieved, but I was I was neither enraged nor surprised to see. Yeah, this is yeah. exactly where Dennis Quaid is at home in this kind of thing. No, in fact, he's Dennis, he's Dennis Quaid is at home in, in slightly better. Slightly better, but, than yeah, this kind the, of thing, but he's yeah. he's not slumming it. I think that's yeah, the concerning yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and w- I Again, Dennis Quaid, I, th- I think he's, he's, he's a reasonable actor. He he's, picks awful yeah. films to be in. In a space. Fantastic. Yeah. He's done some dramas as well, which he's yeah. very good in. So, but I've not really seen. Yeah. Um, I, really I like but Dennis yes, Quaid. Very he good. seems like a nice guy. Yeah. I like him, although I don't love him as an actor. But I like yeah. him. He's all right. But he seems to, either him or his agent, are, are terrible at picking scripts. Yes. So, this lands well, on your desk. apparently his son convinced him to do it. Oh, well. Well, yeah. his son's that, got a lot of That's the excuse when you do a crap film aimed at kids, isn't it? You know, Liam Neeson, I thought it'd be good to be in a Star Wars film and then, oh no, my, my kid maybe do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay then. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so yeah. Th- then it's quite fine. Um, mm. Brendan Fraser, actually, yeah. in his cameo as a drill sergeant. Yeah. I kind of quite like to see him bring Sergeant Slaughter out of retirement. Yeah. Well, I've, apparently I think that's what it was written for, but they couldn't get him. So well, he's, he's very old and quite, kind of chubby now. You wouldn't yeah. believe him as a drill sergeant. You know, Brendan Fraser's still very yeah. good looking. You could have done a, you could have done a X-Men 3 Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen on him. You More can, CGI? Yeah. Is that what you're arguing for? More CGI in G.I. Joe? I'm saying CGI in its place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Forget the accelerator suits. Forget yeah. the, the moss eating the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, just make Sergeant Slaughter look 30 look years young younger and for, 20 for pounds lighter. Scene, Absolutely. Yeah. You know, That'd have been or good. Or again, like you said, you know, instead of putting Duke and uh, Wyans in uh, accelerator suits to go through that bus, get Ray uh-huh. Park to do it and then CGI the faces on. Um, job done, you know. 
Yeah, so CGI yeah. in its place, I Brilliant. think, is fine. The trouble yeah, is, Stephen Summers doesn't know where its place is. He doesn't any more no. than Michael Bay does. Stephen Summers doesn't less know less than anything. Michael Bay does. I'm honest. surprised that Stephen Summers even turned up on set. How does he days. keep getting work? Oh, I don't know. I can't fathom it. I think it. it's because he's got a name that sounds quite good in a poster, Stephen Summers. Yeah, I think that's the only reason. Because Voiceover people can say it in trailers. I I, I can see. I, well, I can almost see why Michael Bay keeps getting work because love him or hate him, love or hate. Revengeful. It made an ass load of money. Yes, absolutely. No, Ma- Michael happen. Bay is Steven a very films, good. They don't flop, but they're yeah, they don't yeah, they don't make enough money. money no. guarantee- well, since, since the money, yeah, the money, the mummy, the mummy, yeah, which could have been called the money. The money. Since the mummy, <laughs> yeah, he's not made a film that has made yeah. a significant. I think the Mummy Returns did quite well, but that would have been off the back of the mummy, and then the Scorpion King didn't, Mummy Three didn't, and so on and so, so on and so, so on. Now, because, yeah, I mean, Michael Bay very... can choreograph an action sequence. Yes. Much as I hate him as a director, I think he's an absolutely fine yeah. cinematographer or yeah. second unit guy, whatever. He should have no creative input to storylines. Absolutely. They should <laughs> but, give yeah. him a script and say, storyboard that, then direct it, and then we'll just go and do all the proper filmmaking, okay? And yeah. he'd go off and he'd blow his things up and enjoy himself yeah. like a kid in a toy shop. Fine. Good yeah. movie in shoes. Yeah. Stephen Summers, yeah, can't even do that. He just sees a script and goes, oh, we'll see you that. We'll CG yeah. that. We'll CG that. Stephen, they're having a sandwich. Doesn't matter. We'll CG it. We'll CG the pickle. It's fine. <laughs> and we'll CG that. He's sitting in a chair reading a paper. We'll CG the text on the paper. No, Stephen, you yeah. don't need CG for this bit. You've just hired stuntmen. You've hired actors. Yeah. Let them act and stunt. Yeah. This is what I can't get. Um, some of um, Snake Eyes' stuff yeah. is CG'd. The whole reason you hired Ray Park Absolutely. is because he's a world-renowned martial artist. Absolutely. It's... And he's got a, 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 yeah. a, a... What's the word I'm looking for? A, um, a history of, of decent... You know, the yeah. Toad was fine and Darth Maul was fantastic. Darth Maul was brilliant. Why do you, you know... not just let him do his stuff? Yeah. What did George Lucas put him in Phantom Menace? Yeah. A loose-fitting robe, yeah. like a martial artist. Yeah. What did um, uh, Brian Singer put him in in the X-Men? A big flowing coat, yeah. like a martial artist. Yeah. So what does Stephen Summers put him in? A gimp suit. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is. It is. And that's it's still horrible. the best character in the film, still- which, <laughs> <laughs> which just exactly yeah, spells out what's wrong. So with it. Yeah. so concerning that this is what what passes for blockbuster oh, entertainment it's these just days. Ridiculous. And there's so many people that you know. Why why would you willfully put this on your CV? I know. It's, I know. It's ridiculous. So, um. Anything else? Do you want to talk about it? Just in a minute. Um, yes, uh, Cobra Commander. Uh, we touched on him earlier. All right, I yeah. really, 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 really hate it. Yeah. With a passion. The voice is all wrong. And I yeah. know I know Chris Latta, who did the voice in the cartoon, had, had passed away. And uh, apparently Joseph Gordon-Levitt didn't... He, also, he didn't want to be sort of just imitate what had come before. He wanted his uh-huh. own spin on it. And then obviously they didn't want to try and sort of imp- impersonate the guy yeah. in Bespurch's memory. Yeah. I can kind of get behind, but it's an awful voice. Yes, it is. It, it's one Very of the much. great I- iconic cartoon villain uh-huh. voices. You know, he, he was Starscream as well, and you yeah. can tell that even as a kid, the two of them were the same, but Cobra Commander had that r- that raspiness that Starscream didn't. You know, you, mm-hmm. you didn't spend hours trying to imitate Starscream's voice as a kid. You did Optimus Prime, yeah. and you did Cobra Commander. Yeah. Those were the voices from these cartoons that you copied. Yeah. Um, and... So whilst I didn't want them to do something the same, they had to do something cool. They had to do something because the whole thing is you can't see his face. Yeah, the voice because is it's the only by a thing that gets the, the, the character across. Uh-huh. You know, and they spent like no time on it. They said just just talk like this, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. 
I mean, it sounds like a four-year-old. Tri- sorry, uh, it sounds like a four-year-old trying to sound like you know a, a Terminator or yeah. something. You know, it, it sounds like something from WWF. Yeah, not the Worldwide Fund for Nature. You understand? Yes. Yeah. Of course. Um, so the the voice is wrong. The mask. You just said the mask it's is ridiculous. awful. Ridiculous. They said they didn't just want to do the mirror mask from the cartoon. Why not? No. Why not? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Nothing wrong with that. It do was it. cool. Um, I can see why they didn't want to do the cloth mask from the cartoons. It looks like a blue clan hood. Yes. I, you know, I can understand that. <laughs> but the, the mirror... Ch- or even just do something else. Give him a gas mask or something. something Give him yeah. something that isn't a ridiculous, stupid... moulded plastic. See-through... You can't even see what good it has. It, the, no. The plastic bit, the plastic moulded bit, covers the only part of his face that we know from the earlier makeup isn't scarred. <laughs> yeah. Um, while we're on silly masks how do they do Destro's mask again CGI CGI. ridiculous in in the last Cobra Commander only gets his name and Destro only gets his mask in the last minute of the film yeah what's that about yeah absolutely it's called the rise of Cobra but we expect the rise of Cobra to happen before the last minute of a 240 odd minute film yeah that's not 240 minutes but you know know what I mean yeah exactly even have Destro scarred halfway through and wear his mask and then keep Cobra Commander in in the original in the original sort of uh, uh, mythology he doesn't have scars he wears it oh, because yeah. his ancestor had it put that's on right. him yeah, sorry, and it wasn't yeah. red hot like it was in the film which is yeah. needlessly brutal for a kid's film yeah that bit's messy it's like George Lucas saying oh yeah Star Wars is a kid's film yeah kids love taxation George yeah. they, 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 they love trade disputes don't they yeah. those kids you know way blue and tr- trade routes that's what kids are after and again oh yeah, yeah it's G.I. Joe it's based on a kid's film yeah let's have a searing hot mask pressed into yeah. a guy's face that's it's a kid's film yeah stupid so because of that which is again yeah. in, the, in the original mythology isn't hot it's just a metal uh, like yeah. the man in the iron mask it's, it's clamped onto his head yeah. and he, the, the, the Destro family have taken that on as their mantle of pride yeah um, so you just have him wear it yeah just have him wear it that's I mean Th- those were my two favourite Cobras, were mm. Cobra Commander and uh, Destro. Yeah, not Serpentor. Uh, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> okay, go on, sorry. The fallen. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Um, um, G- Globulus in the, in the animated Oh, film. Globulus is amazing. Th- that's, um, that's Mickey, Mickey out of Rocky. Rocky. Yeah. I was going to say that, yeah. Sorry. I watched it again recently on DVD. <laughs> yeah. I did to make myself feel better after watching A Rise of Cobra. Uh-huh. I went out and bought the animated film yeah. and watched it, and it's so much better. Cobra Commander, you're gonna rock him. <laughs> you're gonna eat him alive. You're gonna eat lightning <laughs> and then crap thunder. <laughs> that would have been ace. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so something with a baddie called Globulus is better than yeah <laughs> the summer 2009 pool release uh-huh. that we got. Yeah, no, it's 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 an abysmal film. From beginning to end, um, I I know I'm biased because of my uh, um, Autobot fanboyism, but mm-hmm. I, I honestly think, as I said, Revenge of the Fallen's merits are few and far between. Okay, um, but they exist. Um, See, and okay. this this film for me is just. Let me let me just provide yeah. an alternate point of view. Absolutely, here. yeah. Okay, because this this is kind of the crux of why we chose these yeah, two absolutely, particular movies. Yeah. Um, I think that GI Joe has. Virtually no merit, mm-hmm. okay. Because again, the, the best thing in it is is badly used, which is Ray Parker's Park, Snake Park, Eyes. Yeah. However, I think that the demerits of Transformers Two are so great, yeah, that GI Joe is actually a better movie. It's, I think it's it's okay, not a better movie. Well, it is te- no grammatically, I know what but you're it, it's to see, less yeah. of a bad movie yeah. than Transformers Two. It's like GI Joe is a flat line. It's a flat line. Transformers up and down. Yeah, absolutely. I think the yeah the good bits of Transformers Two are better than anything in GI Joe. 
but the bad things drag are, down are the worse. average below G.I. Joe. You're absolutely I, right, yeah. I can Flatline see that, for G.I. Yeah. Joe and, and Peaks and Troughs. Yeah, I can see that. I, I do still slightly prefer Revenge of the Fallen, but yeah, I can okay. absolutely get behind that. See, your, if I had to there. watch... If I had to watch, choose one scene from either film, it would probably be a Transformers scene, but if I had to watch, watch one of the films film, again, it, it would be, be G.I. Joe. Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, I yeah. still think Van Helsing is the worst film ever oh, made. Oh yeah, it's Van Helsing's worse than both of them. If the, if these two films had a kid, it would almost be as bad as Van Helsing. No, I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. I think if, if these two films had a kid, it would be The Mummy Returns. Oh, right. It would be, you know, lots of potential, but poor execution. Whereas Van Helsing is such potential and no execution. Yeah. Um, so that, that's yeah. that's why. I mean, this is, I, I've got to make this clear, just just briefly, if you don't mind me taking a oh, few absolutely. seconds. The reason why Van Helsing is the worst film of all time, I mean, it's not worse than, you know, a lot of British gangster films in terms of the actual quality, in terms of how good the film yeah. actually is. If you look at it frame by frame from a technical standpoint, you know, the cinematography isn't terrible. Yeah. You know, the, the, the cameraman clearly was pointing it in the right direction. The sound guy had his boom mic in the right place. You know, it's not the worst film like when you see Chavs happy slapping other people. Yeah. I mean, they are <laughs> technically worse. But what is, why I think Van Helsing is the worst film ever made is a combination of the potential of the concept mm-hmm. with the money pumped into it the fact that you had um, huge uh, Jackman who um, at the time was a very vastly rising star if not a rising star Kate Beckinsale who after Underworld is you know Angelina Jolie's replacement as the the combat chick du du jour Um, there was so much going for it and the very first concept shot that was released was this dark grainy image of this leather clad hunter with a big wide brimmed hat Uh, if any sort of manga fans out there have ever seen Vampire Hunter D uh, it sort of takes the concept from that Uh, and that's he looked fantastic and then what actually happened it became the dull boring uninspired uninteresting debacle that it was so it's it's not it's not that van helsing that the crew didn't know what they were doing because they clearly did it's not that you know it's 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 technically bad it's the gulf between potential and actuality is so great it's greater in my opinion and you know therefore the laws of the universe than any other piece of motion picture entertainment or education or you know documentation it's the worst piece of motion picture in the world for that reason yeah i'll agree it's it's like van helsing could and should have been a film that's mentioned in the same breath as indie or you know you know yeah um uh, indie or Star Wars, or you know these yeah. big sort of action, absolutely Pirates of the Caribbean, yeah, that yeah, kind those, of thing, the first one anyway, um, um, and instead the first Matrix, you know the, yeah, these films that came out, it's solo. It's, yeah. Whereas the other two that we're talking about today, GI Joe and Transformers, yeah, they were never going to be. No, it's a, it's a film based <laughs> yeah. on toys designed to sell yeah. toys. There's only so, so good it could be, and yeah. therefore the gulf the, the, the between re- the reason these two are remarkable is because they fall short of even the lowered expectations <laughs> that you come yeah. in with. But yeah, Van Helsing, you went. You're going in because the, not not the pedigree, but the the ingredients are so good. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it should have been amazing. And yeah. Of course, it landed on Stephen's desk, and mm-hmm. I think it's it's just a case of wrong Stephen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know, wrong Stephen S. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, can you? Oh. I think Steven Spielberg's G.I. Joe wouldn't have been among his better films, but no, it would have been a, a it decent been better than film. Than what we yeah. Got, yeah. Um, he should have done Transformers though. Yeah. See, if, as you've said, just say, say give, give us your give us your idea on what well, should have happened. Well, again, as I've alluded to earlier, Michael Bay should have got to do GI Joe. Mm-hmm. Michael Bay loves the military, the yeah. American military machine. Let him do it. 
yeah, yeah. that's fine it would probably be it, it'd still need he'd need some help to make it a bit more fantastical he'd want it to be by the book procedure you know yeah r- real soldiers just uh-huh. with bits of dialogue dubbed in later but you know he'd have needed a steering hand but it would have been better yeah. than the gi joe we got it'd have been, he'd would, have wanted the hurt locker with bigger explosions yeah. wouldn't he, and more camera angles yeah so it would have needed some color in there but, uh-huh. but that could have worked do what they did with transformers one steven spielberg's an executive producer yes. just occasionally nudging him you know yeah. Um, it's, and, it's the kids. Yeah, it's the kids, Michael. Uh, Steven Spielberg should have done Transformers. Yeah, right. The, I mean, it's just his name's on the credits, so you know it made it onto his radar. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he direct it? This man does. You know, if you look at Sam and Bumblebee, now that should have been Elliot and ET. Yeah, for the, the next generation. <laughs> That's the relationship. ET that should blow have been you there. away. You know, they could have tragically killed or got rid of spark plug somehow yeah and there's the spielberg's favorite you know the the, the daddy issues yeah know, thing absolutely um you know optimus prime or or bumblebee whichever one is that spark plug in the in the, in the cartoons, cartoons is, it's yeah. spark plug yeah he's not referred to as spark plug in the because he doesn't the, strike me as a particularly mechanical man no yeah he doesn't know okay. but then again sam isn't referred to as spike in these movies either that's very true um and on the cartoon set in the near future, maybe Sam is like Sparkplug's dad. Yeah, it could be. And yeah, Spike yeah. is Sam's no, grandson. I thought the cartoons were set in the 80s, weren't they? No. The the first two seasons were. Oh, were they? they? Oh, right, yeah, okay. Yeah, because the first two seasons were, and then the movie came out, and it it is the year 2005. Okay. Remember. <laughs> and then after oh. the movie, seasons three and four were set in the year 2006. Yeah. <laughs> where, <laughs> yeah, obviously that didn't come to pass. I, I loved but, yeah. five years ago when I had that hovering car. Yeah. And the energy exactly. on the robots. That yeah, was a great time. You remember Autobot that? Autobot City on Earth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, so, yeah, Steven Spielberg, you know, he can do... Um, action adventure better than anyone yeah created the indiana jones uh, f- franchise mm-hmm. or you know he shepherded it into existence yeah you know? um uh, he can do cg work when it's done now we talked about yeah. crystal skulls and we complained about the overabundance of cg mm-hmm. but it wasn't poor cg and it wasn't poorly it used. was it the was wrong overused. time the yeah wrong, yeah you know um so yeah the cg it, it, aliens fine you know the cg yeah. nazca lines fine yeah. it's the gophers and the monkeys yeah and the even, even the ants fine yeah. you know i can do the cg yeah, ants that's that. fine because you can't so, train ants to do what they need to do again in in um and war of the worlds is very cg heavy yeah uh, but it all does in the right places but that's not absolutely know, what, what yeah argue about, you know? i really like war of the worlds i, I think it's a really I, well done film if, you, I if was you're gonna mildly disappointed but um okay it's <laughs> yeah. certainly not in his, not in his lower echelons it's, it's not, not ai it's, my, my, my problem with it is is it was a um, i saw minority report i loved minority report mm-hmm. and then this was spielberg and cruise doing a big sci-fi adaptation, right. and i went oh it's minority report too yeah and it's not <laughs> see i i love minority but, uh, report until the end and i'm going off, off on a tangent here and i'm sorry are, i'll let yeah. you get back to your point in a second sorry minority report was great until the end philip k dick's ending yeah. is great the ending in the film is not it's, yeah. it's all the things that made ai bad yeah it's just trying to wrap it up nicely it doesn't work yeah. and i thought that the ending to war of the worlds or in fact none of the bits of war of the worlds i, f- I thought felt out of place like the ending of minority report yeah so though minority report is a better film and the action sequences yeah. are among the best it's, it's of like the, the transformers gi joe thing it, although one of them's a better film overall the other one's got yes and troughs and yeah <laughs> absolutely yeah uh but no yeah. no i, th- I think yeah. i think minority report's better overall and yeah. i think war of the worlds just war of the worlds yeah just doesn't more have consistent. doesn't have that that terrible ending yeah yeah okay so you so, say yes the Steven Spielberg should have done Transformers because it, yeah. it just fits into what the, he does the, it, to, to touch on something you said earlier on had Steven Spielberg made Transformers the Transformers would have been characters yes like um, 
the like E.T. is a character, like uh, the dinosaurs are characters, like the shark is almost a character. Yeah, it, well it um, is, absolutely, yeah, very know. much so. Um, He's a character through the way the others talk, talk about him. him. Yeah, and um, whereas the the Transformers and the Michael Bay films, particularly the second one, but even the first one to mm-hmm. an extent, it feels like Jar Jar in the sense of it feels like an actor talking at green screen. Yes. Um, you know, and... Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just think Spielberg See, would have walked I, I all up and down I've, on that I've movie. Got, I've, got to, I've got to just mention that. I, I, I don't think that's the issue with Jar Jar. <laughs> no, think, no, no, it's not. I think Jar Jar's... That's one of many issues no, I, with Jar I think, Jar, I think Jar Jar's very well done from a technical standpoint. Yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. I think that... Because he was one of the yeah. first fully CG yeah, characters. Suppose, yeah. And I think that, you know, technically I think he's great. I just yeah. think that in terms of dialogue and, and plot and narrative and the, acting... The and, character rather yeah, than the, the Absolutely, yeah. The Looking yeah. at him is fine, you know. Yeah. Interacting with the world is fine. It's just the fact that he's a terribly written character. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, anyway. Um, so, yeah. At the end of this day, one shall stand, one shall fall. So, so. Um, I just want to... Uh, Bring up the discussion um, while we're while we're on it, yeah. Um, which is sort of the the the, the thrust the, the thrust of uh, of the next uh, segment, which is the influence of toys and merchandising on cinema. Mm-hmm. Good or bad? I know we'll probably end up with indifferent or good yeah. and bad, but let's 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 have a look at it yeah. um, from that standpoint. I think one of the one of the very first um, franchises that really sort of tapped in on the merchandising was Star Wars because uh, George Lucas um, was given the money by Fox to make Star Wars. He didn't own any of the rights. So I think yeah, I think he, he yeah, had the rights, but he didn't have any. He wouldn't get any of the box office money. So he said to them, "Well, can I keep the toy money then? Can I keep the merchandising money?" And they said, "Yeah, fine, no problem. No, no one likes merchandising." He went on to sell the toys to Kenner, who sold thousands and thousands and thousands of action yeah. figures, and that's what made George Lucas his money. That's why we have Ewoks instead of yeah. Wookiees in Return of the that's Jedi. Be the biggest success story, I think, of merchandising. Absolutely, as well as it, the was, first, it was the first and the greatest. Yeah. yeah. Um, so merchandising from 1977 onwards became a part of the um, a part of the film industry. And not just the film industry. The, that's when you started seeing kiss lunch boxes and stuff. You yeah, know, yeah. Okay. The other industries got in on it as well. Well, I think I yeah. think the Beatles had quite a lot of stuff yeah, going on there, which which sort of taps into the sort yeah. of more music merchandise, t-shirts and lunch boxes mm. and stuff like that. Um, another milestone in movie merchandise uh, was was Tim Burton's Batman. Yeah, uh, that was the lunch box. Did you have plate that Batmobile? Yeah. It was awesome, oh, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, the one yeah. that had the action figures in it. Yeah. You pressed the button and it fired the big yellow missiles. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. awesome. Did you get the Batman Returns one? No, I didn't. You could actually turn it into the bat missile thing oh, it does in the middle. Wicked. It wasn't quite at the push of a button. Like no. It was a bit like a complex transformer. <laughs> but it was awesome. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Anyway. So, so, Batman had the, the lunch boxes, the t-shirts, the, the buttons, yeah. you know, everything, all that kind of stuff. And then you've also got the TV thing, the fact that Transformers came from toys, the fact yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. Thundercats, uh, He-Man apparently was invented because they tried to create a line of Conan action figures. Yeah. But when they saw the film, they found out it was so violent and sexualized that they couldn't market it to kids. kids so they invented yeah. He-Man to sell the toys they'd already made for Conan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, because He-Man's body was just like a, a cast for Conan. And absolutely. They just changed the, changed yeah, he's the massively and muscular. Yeah. And he's got, you know, the sort of the, the furry loincloth and stuff. That's yeah. not sci-fi. Yeah. That's you know, where does that come from? That comes from, from Conan. From Conan. Um, so you've got this inextricable link from the late 70s onwards between the franchise and the, and the merchandise that goes with the franchise. Um, and what I would argue is, um, or what I'd, what I'd like to, to sort of bring up in, a, in an initial sort of 
discussion point is um, without the concern for merchandising and, and, and money making and sort of you know money beyond the box office beyond the worry about selling things to kids would G.I. Joe have been given to Stephen Summers would Transformers have been given to Michael Bay would they have been made at all but if they had been would they have been made with such a commercial brainless mindset rather than as exciting pieces of action cinema what do you think um, I, d- I don't think they would have been I, th- I think if yeah the certainly for G.I. Joe Transformers I don't know because Michael B for all his sort of feelings sort of kid friendly commercialism isn't the kind of commercialism that you know uh-huh. um, M- M- Michael B makes um, movies that, that aren't for kids for the wrong reasons not because you yeah. know there's language and sex you know he puts in his movies that sort of alienates it from kids rather than being mature but in tone, a but, lot of the choices but, that mm-hmm. that affect that aren't his choices like yeah. the producers and the writers obviously have have oh, their yeah, agenda absolutely um but um yeah i think so i think to an extent for transformers certainly gi joe uh, if it hadn't been for the the need to you know keep it lunchbox friendly mm-hmm. It would have landed on somebody else's desk, I think. Or and do you think it would have been better or, or well, worse? It would have depended on the desk, but I I reckon it. Well, with, with GI Joe, it could only have been better. Well, yeah, that's very true. <laughs> yeah. But what um, but, what could GI Joe have been if it hadn't been for the toys? It could have been a serious sci-fi military film. Yeah. It could have been, you know, could have been a cross between, you know, Starship Troopers and Team America. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I would watch that. I'd I would watch, watch that, that ten times over. I'd watch that now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's go and make it. Yeah. Um, but th- that's what it could and should have been. Yeah, I think. Um, and then similarly, Transformers could have been a cross between sort of, uh, you know, ET and the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's <laughs> a perfect way to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then introduce. Uh, Dinobots in the sequel, and it's a cross between ET and Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but Brilliant. anyway, so yeah, I think those movies are definitely, you know, there, there are many factors that contributed to the both the pros and the cons that uh-huh. we talked about. But one of the big things has been sort of money, and it's been beyond box office money. It's been yeah. money, and so yeah. And I think a lot of that is to do with these two properties in particular. It's to do with Hasbro. Hasbro. Uh, maintain a lot of the rights. I'm not. I'm they not do, quite as well versed yeah. with trans with uh, GI Joe, but certainly with Transformers, a lot of the decisions came from Hasbro. The um, the filmmakers wanted to go so far with a certain cut, and they yeah. were told by Hasbro, "No, you can do this." That I, I imagine other, it would be much the same with GI Joe. I yeah, think, I I think they definitely be... have a sort of intertextual kind of uh, yeah. presence there with with their front with with their yeah. properties for Hasbro. Do absolutely. So, say, looking forward to that Nerf movie. I tell you, yeah, oh, it's going to be awesome. darts attacking. Yeah. Great. Why hasn't there been a Micro Machines movie? That would be ace. It's tiny little cars tiny that come cars alive racing. and drive around your house. You know? think, that was one of like, the best like the computer games of the nineties. Micro Machines. Oh, it was ace. Oh, it's magic. When when you got the extra things in the Mega Drive, oh, that you could have four players. Yeah, yeah, magic. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so. Yeah, I think the, the, in a way it, it's a really difficult sort of thing to think about with these two. Not mm. not so much other big franchise properties, but these two because they're so inextricably linked to Hasbro. What about other big franchise properties then? 
Well, um, well, in Star Wars, uh-huh. if we take that to start, point, obviously that wasn't created to sell toys. No, but it but very quickly it very evolved. Quickly, that's what it became that. about. Yeah. Return of the Jedi. Say, Even you know, a little bit but, of The Empire Strikes Back. I don't want to badmouth the film. It is an no. amazing film, but there are still toy concerns there. Snowspeeders, tauntauns. Absolutely. The, there's a reason they introduced the TIE bomber during the asteroid sequence. Yeah. And, and it wasn't just because... We, the audience couldn't accept that a standard TIE fighter could drop bombs. Absolutely. It was so that they could sell, sell a new toys. TIE Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I think you're right. The, the first film, obviously, was created to be just a film. Yes, and, and the toys the came The merchandising later. was fortunate. And then yeah. from... from Empire, That's why they all have better haircuts in Empire Strikes Back, because yeah. it's easier to mould as a toy. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Luke's, Luke's hair must have been right pain <laughs> in, the first, in the first one. But, um, and then Return of the Jedi, you've got all of Jabba's sort of entourage, you've yeah. got the Ewoks, you know. I had got... half a Jabba's entourage as well. So did I. Yeah, they were um, I had the Rancor, that was a great toy. I never had the Rancor. Oh, I amazing. had Jabba and the, the, the slab slits. Oh, I never had Jabba. Oh, see. I'd have loved that. If only we'd known each other when we were we like could five. could have had a Jabba's palace together. Yeah. Oh, well. Anyway. Um, Except when you were five, I was ten, and that would have been weird as playing that together. That would have been kind of weird. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, so... so, so so Star Wars is a, a franchise that kind of walks in both worlds. It's created recent one way and recent Star changed. Wars is obviously the, the, the prequel trilogy, which on the one hand you could kind of see maybe is possibly to try and finish a story that doesn't need yeah. to be finished. But yeah, it's definitely a toy film. Oh, and the Clone Wars, yeah. that's just a big commercial. I'm not yeah. saying it's not good. I mean, oh, no. as, as far as you know, half-hour cartoons go, it's pretty damn it's well made. Good, you know, yeah. Dave Filoni, the director of the series kudos to him he's done a yeah, good job absolutely. but it's it's a toy thing yeah look at the adverts you know they've got this new character who's like a he, he looks like Lee Van Cleef out of the, the uh, for a few dollars more he's just a bounty hunter yeah slash cowboy and he's he, his toys everywhere yeah it's in Tesco you know all over absolutely. the place so it is a, definitely a toy thing going on there yeah definitely um, what about something like Harry Potter I mean, that's a massive franchise, yeah. but I don't think for one second that J.K. Rowling had this image of, you know, one yeah. flashlight that turn on by saying Lumos. You know, yeah. I don't think she had that in mind when she wrote the, the Harry Potter books. I no. think that has come from the films yeah. and is not influenced, is not an influence on the films. Yeah. I think that's just a, Warner Brothers just making as much money as they can, but not. Yeah. not affecting the films to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the Harry Potter merchandising is actually... It's it's, it's really good. and it's, it, it, it it doesn't make me all kind of cynical like, like the Star Wars stuff does. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the action figures are kind of you know yeah. poor quality, but you yeah. get these sort of wands for 30 quid, yeah. and it's just a carved bit of wood. It's a lovely ornament. Yeah. It's absolutely. not you know big. It's not chunky. It's, it just, it's the right shape and it's size. They're something lovely. that, again, it was a date of gratitude to the Star Wars merchandise. But uh-huh. it, it's, it's the other side of the coin. It's the, the sort of the, the geek kind of collector yeah. sort of side of things. Yeah. For, you know, I'm one of these people and I'm eternally grateful, you know. <laughs> um, I, I don't have any Harry Potter ones and so on and so forth, but, you know, um, it sort of taps into that culture that I think, um, particularly sci-fi, but I think all these big sort of franchise movies, these, the superhero movies, the the sci-fi movies, mm-hmm. the fantasy movies, you know, they, they tap into this sort of one of the things that, that the fans have in common is most of us tend to be sort of collectors and displayers and we want things, you know. Yeah. And... Um, you, so, you like to have that visceral connection to the to the property that you love, yeah. to the world that you love, don't you? Yeah, I, I don't necessarily want to throw on a robe and dance around in my wand. Oh, I absolutely I, do. Yeah, I've I've I still do. got my lightsaber downstairs that you got me for Christmas a oh, few yeah. years back, and I frequently get my dressing gown on and <laughs> leap around the living room, swishing yeah. my lightsaber. It's fantastic. But um, 
it's also just yeah it's, it's nice to have the thing and, and just to look at it and to, it makes you feel like you're part of the whole sort of universe yeah, absolutely um and as I, say, I think it all stems from the star wars merchandise but there's there's sort of two sides to it and you see things that, that it's obviously it makes you think it's cynical and that's mm-hmm. just a toy you know um but then there's also things where you think people have seen the movie and said oh you know that would make a really nice ornament let's sell yeah that, you know but i mean the, these things come later a... don't they yeah they, they come after the like, things yeah, become like, a... like the master replicas lightsabers they yeah. came 20 years later yeah and don't tell me you didn't have the technology in the 70s to make that because it, what is it milled steel and a bit of an led they, they did have it yeah they, they could make nightclub signs you know, absolutely. <laughs> they could make. Whereas a... the 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 sort of silly string Spider-Man yeah. web slinger thing, that's kind of rubbish, and that came straight, straight on the hot heels yeah, of the film. Absolutely, and that that's different. You know, you don't have that. Uh, I mean, Spider-Man is my uh, absolutely, big thing. We yeah. talked about my Transformers fanboyism earlier, but Spider-Man, if if there's a geek property that is mine, uh-huh. that's it. I don't have one of those silly string things. No. Because it doesn't appeal to me. It Absolutely. looks nothing like the thing. If they made a replica of what he wears in the comics, the thing that just slips in his hand under the gun. Something gods, that didn't fire but was yeah, high quality. Yeah, and just looked like, uh-huh. you know, what 90% of the artist's <laughs> interpretations of it have been. Yeah. I would have one of those in Absolutely. my room right now. You know, I've got a Spider-Man mask. I've got, you've got a suit. You know, uh-huh. I won't tell you how often I dance around in it. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have these things because they, they, they look accurate and they sort of remind me of the, the character and the stories that I love. And yeah. So, on and so forth. Whereas, yeah, the silly string launcher thing is obviously that's just that's there aimed not at somebody who loves the character, no matter what their age is. Uh-huh. It's aimed at people who kids, like stuff. Or, or, yeah, it's it's aimed at sort of parents to buy it for kids to run around for the, the yeah. garden, and it's just to sell as many of those as you can. Uh-huh. That's why you only get one glove with it. That's when I was a kid, so I wanted one, two. and I didn't because I didn't yeah, get one because you had to buy two if you wanted a glove for each hand. <laughs> That's now, there that's is, the cynical side. There is there is a good side to that kind of cheap merchandise. Um, yeah. Two words: Hulk hands. Yeah, Hulk hands are great. Um, and I must say, the Latere Hulk hands are better because they're foam, uh, whereas the Ang Lee Hulk hands are yeah, plastic, they were plastic and they and break they were easy. But to be honest, I, I have a pair of Hulk hands, and I didn't buy it because I'm a massive Hulk fan. No, I bought it because I'm a massive hitting my friends in the face with <laughs> a foam hand fan. <laughs> 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 but you're right; it is a yeah. positive side to the merchandise. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, merchandise, it can be a fantastic thing if it's done well, because like you say, it, it pulls you into the world, it gives you that visceral connection, it gives you that real sort of malleable um, sort of sensitivity to, yeah. to, to, to what you love. You know, you can hold the lightsaber, you can hold the wand, you can yeah. put the mask on, you can wear your Optimus face, uh, voice changer and pretend you're Optimus Prime, you know. If anyone's wondering, yes, I have an Optimus <laughs> voice changer. <laughs> um but then there is also this tacky side of it where you basically change a film to sell toys or you add things into a film Absolutely. to sell toys or you, you you reduce the quality of what you're making to sell toys. I, so that's the dark I, side of I it. I think it's the dark side. Nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I think the, the be-all and end-all for me on this sort of topic is as soon as the merchandise starts to shape the fiction... It's wrong. Yeah, so that that's where you've crossed the line. the 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 closest thing to an exception being Star Wars, which yeah. was still awesome despite yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the merchandise. You know. Yeah. Um. But again, that's an exception rather than a rule. Yeah, I would say. And uh, well, I mean, there's large, there's no arguing that Return of the Jedi is the weakest of the original, of the original trilogy, trilogy, and it had the strongest influence yeah. of toys on toys it. And then again, and of then, the two trilogies, there's no arguing which that, is the better the, trilogy. Which yeah, is the better absolutely. One and, yeah. So I think I think that is a really good. I think you've, you've just summed it up absolutely perfectly there. When yeah. when the merchandise starts to shape 
the franchise, it's a problem. Yeah. And when the franchise the shapes, shapes the merchandise, the merchandise into something really cool, then yeah. it's absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Good. I like okay. it. I do wish we could chat longer, but I'm having an old friend for dinner. Bye. That's a, that's a close, the best agreement we've had in the while. I think it it's, is, yeah. isn't it? Okay, so I um, don't know if this is going to be something that we can actually do, whether we'll actually yeah. get through this without, you know, just killing ourselves. But um, let's do our best. Uh, best ops. Okay. Uh, would you want to start with Transformers? Or? Yeah. Um, let's start with Transformers. So, uh, best scene? Uh, Optimus Prime in the forest. Three Decepticons. Yeah. Um, everything from, in- including the bit at the start where he's getting his ass kicked, because that's important to make you root for him. Okay. You know, you, Rocky needs to lose to Apollo first yeah. before, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that forest fight, um, and again, pure, it's it's dumb and superficial, like the entire franchise. The reason I like it is because it's a bunch of big robots having mm-hmm. an awesome fight. Cool. Um, one of whom is a childhood hero of mine, obviously. Oh. So yeah, that, that's it for me. Super. You? Uh, for me, I think it's um, there's this bit right at the end when all the names of the people who are involved are scrolling oh, yeah. up the screen. That's that's the best. Yeah. That's gonna be a bit... No, I think in all seriousness, yeah. I think I think you've 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 hit the nail dead on the head there. I yeah. think the forest fight. It's the best edited fight. Mm-hmm. It's the most tense moment. You know full well that Optimus Prime's coming back. Yeah. Um, but you still think you know. When? <laughs> when? How long? Yeah. Um, actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell a lie. I think my favourite scene, because of the way it's shot in a certain part yeah. of this scene, is the bit when they bring Sam and Michaela into the warehouse, and the doctor's oh, yeah. gonna cut his brain out. Yeah. And Michaela's stood on this uh, sort of walkway, and behind her, Megatron, Megatron. arrived. That's a beautiful shot. That's, that's an absolutely stunning shot. Th- there's a few moments like that yeah. in the two movies where Megatron. It almost realizes the potential of the villain he should yes, have been. Yes, absolutely. And that's one of them. And that's one it of the moments. It was in the trailer as well. It was indeed. And it it was should really, have been yeah. really effective in the trailer. And you went yes. That's one of the reasons why it stands. Those moments stand above GI Joe because there's nothing in GI Joe that looks that effective. Yeah. Um. And and cool. You know. And so that that's my favorite bit. Just yeah. that one shot. Forget the dialogue. Forget the the storyline. Just that that shot of Megatron arriving onto the yeah. scene by his head appearing. Cool. Okay. Uh. Best line. Same scene. I'll take you all on. Okay. Um, <laughs> for me, and for very different reasons, it's uh, it's Agent Simmons saying, "I'm directly between the robots' <clears throat> testicles." Yeah. I'm directly beneath enemy scrotum. Is that what he says? Yes. Okay. I'm directly beneath the enemy's scrotum. Yeah. He has a gap, doesn't he? Yes. I think there's a gap. The gap is there um, in my mind. That's why I like yeah, it. Yeah, no, yeah. He pauses and takes his finger yeah. off the radio. It's, and a, then... it's a pair of wrecking balls. It's a silly, pure R joke that doesn't belong there. And Michael Bay and whoever wrote the script. In oh. fact, no. The guys that wrote the script are the guys that wrote Shrek, Pirates, and Star Trek. They should be better than this. They should be, yeah. Um, and they wrote I, I think, see, now, my thing with that, that gag is it is a silly, puerile joke. I don't think it's as out of place. Or no, it is as out of place, but I don't think it's as bad as you think. Again, for me, it boils down to this thing about the film can't make up its mind what what level the tone's at. Yeah. And had it at least been consistent, I, I would have been okay with okay. that. Okay, but... Yeah, there's there's yeah. that joke, and there's the twins, and there's the dogs Rain, humping. Rain Wilson and dogs humping and the pot jokes. These are five different styles exactly. of humour. So yeah, if they if well they maybe had... the dogs humping and the the wrecking balls, they're maybe the same. I don't think they are. No, because no. one's well actually yeah, one of them's making a joke and... out of the transformers. Yeah, and one's a dialogue gag. One of them's 
something you see every day in real yeah. life. It doesn't, yeah. So you've okay. got these different strands of humour. So yeah, I, I, I like it because I think, you know... The delivery rather the than... The delivery, yeah, yeah, rather than it being funny. It, it's John Turturro that makes that yes, gag. absolutely. It's not the, the, right, not the it's writers, not the yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, best character. I'm going to throw a caveat in there. Okay. It can't be Optimus. Best character outside of Optimus. I, w- I was actually going to uh, potentially caveat myself. Oh, I, was, I was going to do my usual, well, it's Optimus, but if okay. I had to... <laughs> <laughs> um, Best character aside from Optimus in the second one. Yeah. Autobots-wise, there isn't really any. Well, there's Bumblebee. There's Optimus, Bumblebee, and then nobody. Even, even Ironhide and Ratchet get less to do in the sequel than yeah. in the first one. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to go for Jetfire. I'm throwing my yeah. towel in the ring with Jetfire there. Yeah, that, that, that's... Really I just like... Trick. He's only in it for a Certainly bit, but I really like best him. Best new character. Um, mm-hmm. I would say uh, yeah, either Jetfire or, for me, it's uh, Starscream. Not because he contributes an awful lot to the second film, but in the second film, it's the Starscream I know and love. Okay. He's, he's cowardly, he's backstabbing, yeah. he's, he's trying to rule while Megatron's away, and he instantly sw- switches to being afraid of Megatron when Megatron's back. Uh-huh. And that's the Starscream I grew up with, whereas in the first film, he's just got this deep, booming voice, and he's just basically Megatron 2. Yeah. Which, yeah. which bothered me. So yeah, um, you take Jetfire, I'll take Starscream. Cool, okay. Uh, on the assumption that we all know that Optimus Prime is the best thing that ever has and ever will in be any in of this the franchise. Right. Yeah. Okay, okay um, so G.I. Joe. Uh, favorite scene, probably Snake Eyes versus Storm Shadow. Okay, the the, the, the final one in the end in the Arctic. Yeah, it's, it's still not brilliant. There's too much CGI in it for what should be just two martial artists going at it. Yeah, but there is plenty of real stuff as well to Aye. be fair to it. Um, so either that or I do like during the accelerator suit scene, uh, or or leading up to the accelerator suit scene when uh, the, the Cobra villains are are in a van and uh, Snake Eyes is clinging to the bottom of it uh-huh. and there's a couple of cool gags there with him getting himself around the van and onto the top and yeah. stuff so either of those things definitely Snake Eyes centric anyway cool I like the bit when they storm Kim Jong-il's palace and all the celebrities are there and they uh, they fight yeah. them off with samurai swords and machine guns that's my favourite bit yeah that's cool yeah. Um, best uh, best uh, line anything Snake Eyes says <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay fair enough good I'm sticking to that excellent <laughs> my favourite line because it has the tone of something which should be so cool. It's the kind of thing that if you were talking about a G.I. Joe film in the playground, it would sound really cool. But in practice, it's actually meaningless, pathetic drivel. Yeah. Right. And that's, it's, a, it's in the trailer as well. And that's when, uh, when Doctor Who turns to uh, the guy from Inner Space and says, um, what did you say your unit was called? And he goes, I didn't. <laughs> And you think, is that is that how you should live that line? Does yeah. that is that cool? It's not really, is it? Well, yeah. What do you mean? I didn't. That's, yeah. What does that mean? It's if, rubbish. If it had been, I didn't over his shoulder as he's walking away. That's fine. You know, it's, it's like he's just. Or if it had lines of dialogue after it, I didn't. So what is it called? I can't. Oh, okay, can you hear yeah. it? Well, I can't. I don't know. I haven't. But yeah, just ruining it here. But just, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. And it's like you know, haha, one up on you, buddy. And Destro's there going, what? What? Shut up. Get out of my face. Yeah. I own you, bitch. Um, so yeah, it's 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 my favourite line because it sums up exactly what's wrong with the script <laughs> yeah. and with the direction. It's a, it's a handy way of just basically yeah. show people that and say, there you go, I just saved you a tenner. Yeah, it's like a ten-year-old would say, oh, that'd be so cool if this happened and they said this. And then when a you know 40-year-old man who's being paid a lot of money to try and make it does it. Um, yeah. And you're like, really? No. Okay. Favourite character, and it can't be Snake Eyes. Um, and it can't be Snake Eyes. This is tough for me mm-hmm. because 
visually, I thought uh, General Hawk and Scarlet uh-huh. looked like I would expect a live-action version of those characters to look like. Okay. Although Hawk wears a beret instead of his uh, helmet, which... No, he wears a beret in the cartoon as well. Who he wears the helmet? Flits between oh, he the flits, two. Yeah, okay. Um... Oh, no, 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 it's Flint. Yeah, it's Flint, Flint that wears the beret. Yeah, I beg your pardon. Sorry, yeah, yeah okay. Um, again, had, had Dennis Quaid been playing Flint, I'd have bought it as well. Well, no, because Te- Flint's Duke's younger brother. Yeah, t- technically... Was I thought he was older brother. No. No, he's no, younger. No, 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 you're not, not Flint. Um, Hawk. No, Hawk is the general. General, yeah. Who, who runs the show. Flint is one of the other Joes. Duke's brother is... The one that was introduced in the animated movie is not Flint, although he, he dresses like Flint. He wears fatigues and a. Oh bed, right, okay. It's, um, Falcon. Ah, Duke's yeah. His brother okay. is Falcon. Yeah, all right. Um, so in your face. Um, so no, I just like the toys. Leave yeah, me alone. Um, I, I'd, I'd have accepted Flint if Quaid had been playing Flint and Flint was just in charge. Uh-huh. That would have been fine. Technically, would have been incorrect. Yeah. Because General Hawk's in charge, but either way. But yeah, it looked like a mishmash of those okay, two so he's, Visually, you're saying General Hawk. Yeah, visual, visually, I'm saying General Hawk. Because he looks kind of good. He looked, Dennis Quaid fits a beret and yeah, military jacket. And he, um, but, uh, yeah. Um, to be honest, I didn't like any of the the Cobras. Well, Storm Shadow, I suppose. But I don't want to say Storm Shadow because if I'm trying not to pick Snake Eyes, I can't just go, oh, well, the other Snake Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'll say General Hawk. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Sergeant Stone. <laughs> Nice. Brennan Fraser, Sergeant Stone. I think he's the least offensive thing in the film. Purely because he's only in it for 20 seconds. Well, yeah. No, I think I think Brennan Fraser yeah. gets the tone perfectly. I think he's fine. I think, I think the fact that Brendan he's not... Brennan Fraser is one of the few people in that movie that knows what kind of movie he's yeah. in. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right that the fact that he's not in it more is absolutely to his credit. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's that's why. Cool. Um, and so, that being said, I think... Uh, I think that's all we've got to say about Transformers yeah, Rise of the Fallen and G.I. Joe. If you'd like to email in your own comments, then please do feel free. The email address is churchofben at googlemail.com. And if you'd like to post a blog to malcolmbenji.blogspot.com, we'd be very happy to hear what you have to say. Um, a few people have uh, been sending stuff in already, which I'm very, very pleased about. Yep. Um, uh, friends of ours and, and people we're not quite sure. We've actually even got a few uh, a few celebrity people mentioning. Um, oh, yeah. We've got, well, we've, we've got one major A-lister who has been um, on board with the podcast at certain points. I can't tell you his name because he has asked for secrecy, um, but he's a bit of a maverick. <laughs> Um, and he enjoys a cocktail from time to time. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, if you can, if you can guess from our cryptic clues who this guy is, yeah. uh, as he spends his days of thunder yeah. <laughs> um, out living out there, um, he's currently uh, researching um, for a film where he plays a Glaswegian police officer by, oh yes. uh, by by um, uh, being a policeman in Glasgow at the time. Yeah, but that's what don't, don't let it fool you. He is a, a massive A-list celebrity uh, Scientologist. So, yeah, so <laughs> of, all our, of all our regular listeners, thank you very much. Uh, and if you'd like to pass this on to anyone new, uh, mm. let's, try and, let's try and grow our, uh, grow our audience for the second season. Yeah. If you think it's worth it. If you don't, then you wouldn't even be listening now, probably. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. that's it until, uh, until we return uh, next it's time. Well, yeah. Go, Joe. <laughs> Freedom is the right of all sentient beings.